Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9am on Cork's Red FM. You remember Matt Damon stayed in Dublin during the pandemic? In Dorky, wasn't it? That's right. Yeah. Stayed in a beautiful house there. Well, it'll now cost you €8,400 a week to stay there. What now, do you mean stay there? Is it a and b Yeah, you can rent it. So it's a five-bed, 5,000 square foot home and he rented it during the pandemic before it was sold for £3.5 So it gives you an idea. It's a luxury oh, property, right? Yeah. But it's now... 1400 euro a week more than what Matt Damon paid for it and do they say in the advert that Matt Damon stayed or slept in this bed I bet you they do I mean they have to so the idea is like get a celeb to sleep in your bed <laughs> can you imagine if I got a guy down to Belgooly now some famous guy I'm not suggesting the same bed just in <laughs> <laughs> I definitely didn't say that <laughs> who's, the main, who's the most famous person you ever met okay easy answer yeah Aaron Brockovich was it yeah yeah, she's so cool. I met her because... The, the, the one who did the big uh, campaign on nuclear waste and chromium-6 yeah. and everything. You interviewed her, didn't you? I did. You won an award for that, didn't you? I was nominated for well an award. Done. I didn't win, but so yeah. Erin Brockovich. Erin Brockovich, she's fantastic. She was actually speaking in Dublin. She did the interview with me over the phone. She was fabulous. And then I met her. I went to Dublin because she was speaking at an event in Dublin. And she's so tall. Oh, my God. She's really impressive. <laughs> like, I don't... like. I'm five foot six, so I suppose I'm not very tall. But she... And she wears heels like you wouldn't be oh you've no idea <laughs> and she's really like she has that you know that it factor that wow factor when she yeah. walks into a room just captures the oh, room oh wow yeah, yeah what yeah. about you uh, oh James Bond you did not. Yeah, I had a couple of drinks with James Bond. Which James Bond? Daniel Craig. Oh, did you? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. You know nice way, guy, I'd you say. You know the way you do. Oh, Lo- yeah. Lovely course, guy. A yeah. couple yeah. of pints with Daniel, yeah. Yeah, up, up inside in, uh, the Long Acre Tavern um, in New York. Do you know Tom McCarthy's bar? Yeah. In Times Square. In fact, you know, you talk about things like that. He should put a sign outside the pub saying, James Bond drinks <laughs> here. here. Yeah. Shaken but not stirred. Pints of Guinness <laughs> and whiskey chasers. <laughs> and nice guy? Sound. Really? Yeah, a sound. I mean, I had been given a tip off in advance because I knew I was meeting him. But so listen, talk about anything you want, but do you a favour, if you don't want his eyes to glaze over, don't mention 007 and just talk about anything else except James Bond. No interest in it. No, I, I don't know. I just, I didn't broach the subject. We okay, talked about yeah. Liverpool, because he's from Liverpool. We talked about a Liverpool football club. We talked about Ireland. We talked about the Skelligs. We talked about West Cork. We talked about... Uh, in New York and different stuff like that. Yeah. Movies that he's watching, things like that. But And are his eyes as sparkly blue as Oh, I'd marry him in the morning. <laughs> Absolutely. Run oh away with God. them. To, run There's away a promo to, to a tropical island. Neil Prendival would marry James Bond in the morning. <laughs> Think about it. I tu- I turn for him in the morning. <laughs> Oh my God! I've heard it all. We right, better park it there, right? Cheers. Talk to you later. Cork's biggest conversation is here. The Neil Brenderville Show yep. is on Cork's Red FM. I see a story knocking around there with I don't know whether we're going to get a heat wave or a mini wave, mini heat wave, or what kind of a summer we're going to get. But apparently, rent killer warning that there could be we could be hit by a plague, a plague in the late spring and early summer, a plague of moths. So be careful. Might want to buy a whole box of mothballs, whatever the case may be for your clothing. But, on a, I mean, that is serious. I get that because I don't know whether you would tie that into seasonal change or indeed, uh, you know, global warming. But today is a World Earth Day. Um, and uh, there's a story in the examiner this morning saying that uh, uh, looking at 2021, uh, Europe had the warmest summer on record. It's quite shocking, actually, when you hear... That 
that Italy had temperatures of 48.8 degrees, Spain 47 degrees, countries like Turkey and Greece and Italy experiencing severe wildfires last summer that destroyed hundreds of thousands of hectares of land. Uh, And today being Earth Day, we're reminded that, you know, it really is a very delicate planet on which we live. And today, Friday, Uh, marks Global Earth Day, a day when environmental protection is celebrated in countries throughout the world. And it started uh, back apparently in uh, the early 1970s. And of course, uh, they might have been quite optimistic in 1970, but God knows there's far from optimism now because they're saying that it's just going to get worse with carbon dioxide and greenhouse greenhouse gases. So Europe's hottest summer on record is dominating all of the papers today. In fact, there are actions you can take on Earth Day that the Independent remind us of this morning. I'll come back to this later on because I have even better ones, but they talk about, you know, stop spraying pesticides and herbicides and insecticides. Uh, Slow down with regards to what you buy and what you consume, whether it's fast food or fast fashion or fast fads, things like that. In other news then, of course, we have Ukrainian refugees arriving into Ireland and indeed down to Cork when we started the programme yesterday, live down in Mill Street with the arrival of many uh, Ukrainians to the, uh, they're not self-catering units because they can do everything except cook there, but the food is provided for them, uh, cooked by Mill Street itself. But you know the inspections we were talking about yesterday of people's properties and what have you. Don't know so much about guard abetting, but they're going to get rid of inspecting properties now. So inspections are no longer taking place on accommodation pledged by the public. So checks on homes uh, now halted. They need to speed up the process, you see, of, of housing Ukrainian uh, refugees because all of the BNB capacity has been reached now. All of the hotel capacity has been reached as well. Now, I don't know about that with regards to not checking on homes because, you know, there could be um, situations where Ukrainian refugees could be staying in absolute kips and dives, particularly if households will get 400 euro a month to accommodate the refugees, because that's the proposal now that's being considered by government to pay homes and households and families 400 euro a month to accommodate uh, Ukrainian uh, refugees. And to date, like 25,000, almost 25,000 refugees have arrived here and 16,000 of them have been given accommodation uh, from the state. So we're talking about, um, you know, things like Mill Street, um, you know, Big, big, I know they've used big, big areas in Dublin where they literally put bunk beds and, and, uh, and uh, you know, uh, beds that just literally open and you can have rows and rows and rows of them. But the rest of them will be hotels and, and bed and breakfast. Now, there were 25,000 pledges to accommodate by members of the public. But when you add up those that ha- can't be contacted and those that have withdrawn their pledges, you need to subtract nearly 14, almost 15,000 of those from the list of 25,000 that originally said that they would actually take uh, a remain, oh, sorry, you said Romanian refugees, uh, uh, of course, uh, Ukrainian refugees. It, we'll come back to that a little later on this morning. Um, yet another death uh, on the streets of Ireland, another death in Sligo reported this morning. This is a misfortunate man, 39-year-old Russell Ford. The story makes the mirror today. Um, uh, he died from severe head injuries, Uh, He suffered these head injuries after he was punched by a woman, apparently. Um, Accidental death, they're saying. I don't know about that. It'll be very hard to prove a punch caused his fall, they're saying. But he certainly died. He fell three times and and hit his head after that uh, punch. Uh, And it's a story that makes the papers today. 
of yet more unrest on our streets. Papers always tell us that people who go to hospital, of course, you have to pay when you go into the A&D, and you probably know that, but 40 million euro now is the unpaid hospital fees with regards to people who uh, went in as patients and failed to pay bills after being discharged. Um, wouldn't be the most important bill in the world to pay, I think, but they say they need to be paid. You know, you would think that maybe you're paying enough as it is with regards to taxation in this country. And of course, in other health-related matters, the second booster, which would be your, uh, which would be your fourth jab, is now available to over 65s, according to the Echo today. And a topic we dealt with yesterday regarding needle exchange, needle bins, um, the uh, injection center that's proposed for Cork, which we discovered yesterday won't happen anytime soon. It could be four, maybe five years before they ever cut the ribbon on that. But apparently pharmacists in Limerick are pulling out of the needle exchange scheme because of aggressive um, customers, I suppose, if you like, clients. Because uh, a lot of them are on crack cocaine, apparently. There's a hundred pharmacies around the country uh, that allow service users to pick up injection equipment and return used items. Uh, but in uh, in Limerick, one pharmacist said they now find themselves in the middle of a crack cocaine crisis. And along with crack cocaine comes aggression uh, and pharmacists are pulling out of it. I should have mentioned this when I was talking about people not paying their bills at, uh, at uh, Irish hospitals. There's a fellow in the UK, this is from the Mirror Online, um, out of Lewisham in the UK, you're not going to believe this. If if it was April 1st, you might think, ah, that's a prank. But there's a dad now uh, who has been slapped with a parking fine because his car's shadow was in a disabled parking spot. So what I'm saying to you is the shadow was in the disabled parking spot, not the car. Uh, can, you, can you believe that? Uh, he got something like a £65 fine for wardens for leaving his car outside a post office. Um, and the shadow of the front of the car was over the line into the disabled parking spot. You just couldn't believe that kind of stuff. You couldn't. Oh, and by the way, as you get older, you get more generous, apparently. According to research this morning, there's a hormone linked with empathy and generosity. It's called the love hormone. And elderly people have loads of it to spare. And that's why the older you get, apparently, the more generous you are when you're confronted by something or someone requiring sympathy or compassion. So that's a lovely story with regards to the older generations being uh, more generous. And well done and congratulations to the great Jimmy Crowley, who I met a couple of weekends ago at a gig down in uh, Kinsale. He has now managed to gather 1,000 songs about Cork. He's got a great column in the Echo every week and a great podcast as well, and he's released so many fine albums in his own right but 1,000 songs about Cork and he says who'd have ever thought back in the day that he could ever even get anywhere near that number he says I can't believe it it's extraordinary a thousand songs and he published the 1,000 song about Cork in the Echo this week well done Jimmy take a bow The Neil Prendeville Show Cork's number one talk show Pure Cork on Red FM Alright so lines are open you can text 0868 104 106 big day today it is a free food Friday your opportunity to scoop food for 15 of your courtesy of yourselves and roosters piri piri so text who you are and where you are to 0868 104 106 you can text uh, to your heart's content and if you're lucky enough to be drawn out later this morning you'll get a big feed of food from Roosters, Piri Piri, Douglas and Blackpool. Uh, and uh, we will get it to you. But you got to tell me who you are and where you are to 086-8104-106. Also, that €500 Euro tab behind the counter at the yard at the Castle in Glanmire. This is your final opportunity to text in 
uh, why you deserve to win this and it's uh, 500 euro towards food and drink for you and up to 20 of your friends and I'll be going through those texts again between now and uh, midday today uh, so text on those uh, 086 8104 106 back after the break text the Neil Prenderville show now 086 8104 106 red FM so capacity has been reached then with regards to bed and breakfast and indeed hotels and that means that hotels and I was dealing with this earlier in the week have been calling around to people and cancelling different bookings and what have you whether it's a weekend break whether it's a function or indeed we're hearing this morning uh, sometimes it can even be a wedding Steve good morning Good morning, Neil. How are you? Uh, very disappointing news for you. Uh, what happened yesterday? Okay, 25 past 12 yesterday afternoon, sitting at home, and the phone rang, and it was a member of staff from the Quality Hotel in Red Barn in Yall phoning up to tell me that as of from the end of this week and the start of next week, the Quality Hotel will no longer be running as a hotel and that all appointments in the future and bookings will be cancelled there for my wedding would not be going ahead there. Okay. You must have been shocked, were you? And I, I, I was slightly shocked a bit, but there was a major rumour going around the town of Yall all of Wednesday stating that this was going to be, you know, all, all full of refugees, Ukrainian refugees and all this. And... You know, you'd be kind of taking it with a pinch of salt, but I still rang the hotel on Wednesday to try and speak to the manager to say, look, what's going on here? But once again, he didn't answer me. Okay, now, you didn't get to talk to the manager, is it? That's correct. Okay. Now, well, he, he, he has been avoiding speaking to me for the last seven weeks. I've been trying to contact him through emails, phone calls. I walked in the door of the hotel twice to try and speak to him. Every time I called or anything... Oh, he's not in. Okay, okay. Okay, so you got this phone call then, 12.25 yesterday afternoon, from somebody working, saying that they were cancelling all bookings from the start of May, and your wedding was cancelled. Uh, did you did you ask, okay, w- what happens next? Like, is it, like, do you do you get a different date? Were, were you told, go and try and find another location? What? How did the conversation go? Right, I said, well, well one minute now, I said, I'm getting married on the 11th of July, three months and, you know, what's what's going to happen about my wedding then? Like, it was all booked with you. And she said, well, you know, we'll, uh, we'll see if we can find you another option. But, you know, I wouldn't be holding out any hope on that one. Okay. You know, if I, I said, well, and will, will you phone me about it? I'll phone you if if we find one. If we find one. And I can talk, well, well hold the whole lot of minute. Like, this, this is leaving me in limbo. Yeah. yeah. What am I doing? You know? Yeah. You, you can't do this to us. Well, I'm sorry now, but there'll be no owners taking over as of from next Monday, and that's the way it is. Don't be getting angry with me. New? What did you say about new owners? New owners. He's after selling them and all. Okay. Selling the hotel and all, and new owners are taking over next Monday. Now, for the last seven weeks... But you weren't getting... I mean, you weren't actually getting sloppy with her, though. No, no. You were just panicked. I was panicked, and I was upset... My wedding had been cancelled three okay. months to go. What's right. happening, Nick? You know? Okay. And w- would you have, have you sent out invitations and everything? All invitations gone out, everything, stating where the venue is and everything. Okay. And were people travelling from all sorts of different places? People were travelling from as far as Galway and Mayo. Okay. And were Galway a lot of them going to stay over in the Quality Hotel? 
there were the, pe- the two people that were coming from Galway, Mayo, they had booked in there, not just to say, look, after travelling such a distance, they stayed booked in for the two nights. Okay, okay. The night after the wedding as well. All, all of my family, who live up around Ballancolig, Bant, here in North Cork, yeah. they all had booked in. I have relations in Blackrock. They had all booked in. We, I, I think we had about six or seven rooms booked. Okay, but, and you feel and said to them that they should honour the bookings they have already taken um, because you had, did you, had you paid a deposit and things like that? But that's the thing, you see. I, I did my utmost to try and pay a deposit. I even went into the hotel and said, you know, this was about four weeks ago. I said, look, we'd like to pay it and get it all out the way. Just so we're not thinking about money coming up to the wedding. We want to pay it in full. We want to do everything. And I was just told... Email the manager and make arrangements with him. I emailed the manager explaining all of this. I have all the emails still there. I still have them. Uh, the electronic evidence and the quotations he gave me and everything. And he just never got back to me. He wouldn't engage with me. So do you all. think some weeks ago they had this in mind anyway and that's why nobody was communicating with you and wouldn't take the money? Of course I do, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. So that also means that anybody that might have been going to that hotel or the old Imperial Hotel in Yall, we dealt with that, that's that's doing something similar, for a weekend or a week or taking family rooms or going on a summer holiday down there, all of them have been cancelled as well. All of them have been cancelled. Hotel bookings uh, for communion, confirmation, all of Ironman for a whole week in August, all their bookings all cancelled. This is a downright disgrace. And what, don't they have self-catering cottages there? Are they all closed as well? They think they're separate to the hotel, are they? No, they're they're all part of, they're all owned by the hotel as well. So all those bookings will also, maybe if people had booked those for the summer or a week or 10 days or fortnight, they're all getting calls like you, is that the case? Well, I'm I'm guessing, yeah, I, I can't answer now for the cottages or the townhouses that's up there. What are you, what are you going to do next? Well, I, of course, I heard that yesterday. Hopefully, because I jumped on things quick enough, I, I checked, uh, I checked other places around the town. Everywhere seemed to have been fully booked out. The Walter Rally was totally booked out for all that week. And I did go to another place then down the town, which I don't want to to say until 100% confirmation comes through today. I've got to meet again at three o'clock with them. Yeah. But hoping, I, I have the night time sorted, but in order to have the meal and all that, I, I'll have 100% confirmation on that by 3 o'clock. Yeah, okay, okay. But leaves a bad taste in the mouth. You feel as if you've been very badly treated by them. You, in, you understand that the people coming in there are uh, refugees of war. I know you get that, don't you? I, I, I don't care what they are. That doesn't give a hotel the right to cancel one of the biggest day of my life. True. True. And, and my fiance. Yeah. How dare they? Yeah. Yeah. They've got some cheek, I tell you that. Okay, okay. Um, we've been in touch, so we've at least contacted the Quality Hotel in Red Barn, and I'm awaiting some kind of a response from them. Uh, when I get that, let's see what it is, and I may well come back to you at that stage. All right, Steve? That's no problem, Neil. Thanks very much. All right, and I hope it works okay. out for you today. I really and truly do. Fingers no, crossed. Bye bye. Take care for now. Cheers. Dennis, good morning. Good morning. Uh, you were another individual, another home, another family that pledged accommodation for uh, Ukrainian refugees back in the middle of March, isn't it? 
Yeah, 13th of March. Yeah. Okay, and indeed it was um, a former B&B, is it? It was, yeah. Okay, so it would be pretty well, perfect, yeah, wouldn't it? it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And have you heard anything back? No, that's the problem. I haven't, although I've sent... You, first of all, you can't contact anybody by phone. And second, I have sent at least three emails just as reminders to say what's happening. And they, uh, what you get back is the standard reply saying, we understand that your offer is there. It's, we, the pledge is noted and we'll get back to you in due course. Yeah, um, the, yeah. last, the last one was yesterday. And what triggered me to, um, to give you a call was the fact that the um, manager or... Uh, leader of the um, Red Cross in Ireland yesterday said that uh, don't quote the figures to me but they're fairly good is that they got roughly uh, 30,000 pledges of accommodation Mm. Um, but when asked how many they had placed so far he said that they had placed 30 people Uh, actually 25,000 pledges of accommodation have been made by members of the public but um, 200 Ukrainians will be housed in accommodation by the public this weekend. Um, so I don't know what the, they're saying. Is that 200 from the start or is it just 200 this weekend? Which do you think? Well, it must be 200 because he said yesterday that on the, on the radio that uh, they had to date place 30 people. 30 refugees. So this weekend that will go up to 200, but it's a paltry figure, isn't it? Now that'll change though because apparently the reason that they're slow in coming back to people is they they were planning to do checks on homes first before the refugees went to the home. That's being scrapped now. Apparently so, yeah. Yeah. So so that's that's what's been that and the guard vetting has been slowing everything down. So I don't know if they're getting rid of guard vetting, but they're certainly getting rid of checking the properties. No, 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 I don't think so, Neil. I think the initial contact, nobody has contacted me from the Red Cross. First, you gave your pledge. Then secondly, somebody from the, the Red Cross contacts you and says, are you still okay with the pledge? And here's what's going to happen. But nobody has come back from the, the Red Cross and contacted me. Yes. And I, I, don't know, I don't know if anybody has contacted Red Cross has contacted people in Cork. So, I have you, no idea. so you're still alive, um, you know, home in the sense that you haven't withdrawn your pledge and you have not been uncontactable. No, that's yeah. correct. Okay, okay. okay. So some, I just thought something was wrong and I was wondering if other people have the same... Uh, yes, I had people on air yesterday very same as you. No one's been in touch with them and they have no idea as to why. Would you be happy to take €400 Euro a month? Uh, it's 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 at the moment it was pledged for nothing. I, don't I, oh, I, I know, but you the proposal now is to give everybody that takes refugees four hundred a month to accommodate. You know, for food and hot water and you know heating and utility bills, things like that. Fine. I mean, uh, I. I I'd probably use it for something for refugees, but I'd take it. Jeff. Good man, and you put it to good use. Fair play to you. Okay, Dennis, um, do, do come back if anybody... It may well speed up now if they're taking away the uh, checks on homes, and I hope that's the case for you. Let me know, will you? I will. I will. Thanks so much. Cheers, Dennis. Text 0868104106. Talk 
to Neil Prenderville now. 0818-104-106. Cork's Red FM. And you can also uh, pick up the phone on 0818-104-106. Sexy here says that uh, this refugee situation, where now they are giving money to take them, is called human trafficking. It is a disgrace. That's the proposal to give families or homes 400 euro a month to take re- uh, Romanian, uh, sorry, I've said it again, Ukrainian refugees. Uh, I don't know how many that would be. Some might take one, some might take a mother and daughter, some might take a family, some might take a parent and, and two kids, but 400 uh, per month. Um, do you think that money should be paid or do you think that should be an act of compassion? Um, you know, being... Uh, having empathy with those who are fleeing a war-torn country. Text 0868104106. Should families be paid 400 euro, which is the proposal this morning. Text 0868104106. Um, let me stay with phone lines on this for another little while. Jim, good morning. Good morning, Neil. What will happen with the Ironman down in Yall, do you think? Well, the Ironman is our system's go, thank God. You know, and and, 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 and it is for the next three, three years at least. But I, I'm just wondering about the, the quality of hotels, what they're worth doing. You see, the unfortunate people that go in there, and, and they, they are unfortunate, and you, you, it's, it's devastating for them to, to leave their own country. Number one, they don't want to be over here. But number two, they have to think to their families and their kids and whatever. But anyway, the, my point, Neil, is that they won't have the spending power. Like, if you you probably know quality hotels in Red Bear near you will. You probably often came down there. Yeah, very much so. And, I, know, I know you all no, very well. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, so you got the quality hotel. You've got the old Imperial Hotel. You got the superb Walter Raleigh. Is there more? Well, I'm just dealing with the quality hotel at the moment. Um, like, some of these people won't have a transport. Obviously, not they don't have transport with them. But, like, um, to get a taxi from the quality hotel to y'all is approximately 15 euros. The last time I heard. So that that means like that they, unless they walk unless they walk, they won't be able to afford that. And when they come into town, then there'll be no such thing as a meal. Just sit down outside and have a, a restaurant and have a meal or a cup of coffee or a mm. cake, whatever, whatever they, people do like that. Mm. Like when, My point is the spending power won't be there. Now, take your... The man. impact on businesses in y'all, you're saying, will be devastating. Well, it would be savage. It would be savage, a, a savage, a cruel blow. But like the Erdman, I, I, I'm a volunteer with the Erdman. And... and, and um, you have every nationality in the world coming over as far as... Where will they stay? This is it. That's the point I try to make. That No, they'll have to move. They won't have places in Yard. Nobody have places because they were totally booked out. So for the last so, Ironman, was it totally booked out with uh, competitors and with fans? It was It was outrageous. It was un- and, and we were very unfortunate because the, the, the weather that day... The weather was great, yeah. It was the worst day in living memory that I have yeah. ever seen. So it. this wouldn't but, lead to the cancellation of Iron Man or the relocation of it, would it? I wouldn't think so, no. But, like, it, it, it's going to hit businesses, Neil. They, 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 you know yourself, you must budget. Every day a person must budget. And these people, I don't know what they'll be getting. They'll probably be getting... 205 the euro a week. Right, and that's their meals included. No, they get them. That's separate. This is welfare, two hundred and five euro a week. 
But I wouldn't say and they'd be drinking in the pubs of y'all or eating in the restaurants of y'all, do you? you? Well, how, 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 could you do, how could you do that? Like, um, you see, what, what about a mother with two kids or three kids, like? Like, you know, she'd probably get the stand or whatever it is, I don't know. But other than that, like, she can't, she won't be able to walk into y'all or get a taxi into y'all 15 years and, and spend maybe 150 years well, in, in clothes. Like, say, tourists would or people visiting. Well, you see, the the the, the, the Ironman, like I'm just I'm just making. No, the whole summer, Ironman's August, but you got June, July, and before that as well. Yes, you had a poor misfortunate man there that that, that he, he's witnessed that being cancelled. Yeah. Like those people coming from Galway, he said, and and whatever. Like, but like they wouldn't be staying outside in the hotel all day. They'd come into you all day, buy something. Yeah. They, you know, they were yeah. ge- they were generating yeah. money. Yeah. That's gone. No. Let me talk to Steve if you don't mind, Jim. But I do appreciate your call. I'm happy to talk to anybody else from y'all. Steve, good morning. Neil, I'm good, my man. Listen, we won't bother naming where you were staying or anything. Is that okay no, with you? No. Okay, um, fair I, play. I, to be honest, you know, I'm going to keep it brief and kind of minimal uh, as well. Well, I won't interrupt um, you. Go ahead then. Yeah, um, I suppose, look, I'm in emergency accommodation at the moment. As I said, it's a hotel in Cork. I'm not going to name the hotel or anything at all like that. Um, for fair, to be honest with you. Of, of, I don't know where I'm going to end up, really. Um, but long story short, the Irish that were in there have basically been given a, a, a time frame to leave. Um and after talking to other staff members and things like that in there as to why, um, basically, I suppose, look, the hotel is full to capacity at the moment with Ukrainians, um, refugees. Um, look, I'm all for helping them and, and all that jazz. Um, but we basically, the Irish have basically been told that they're going to have to leave. Um, you know, when all, all of us got onto the council and the council are saying the opposite, However, the owners are saying a different story altogether. Um, so we're kind of in limbo at the moment. When you say uh, leave, um, uh, just as go, or leave. they're going to give you alternative we, accommodation? Which we we were told that somebody from the council will will, will be in touch with us. Um, and when I rang the council, I spoke to one kind of member of staff who deals with it. Yeah. And I rang the owners back and I, I said, look, the, the council is saying no, that we're staying put. Like, and he was saying, well, the, the owners uh, were saying no, look, it's, it's, it's somebody else will be in touch with you from the council. Um, but long story short, then after talking to staff and things like that, the, the rooms are worth more to hotel owners to have Ukrainian refugees in there. Paid by the state, Irish. is it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What, it, what, what, what are they paying, do you know, for the room? I, I, I only know whispers for, for me uh, on my own. It's about between seven and 800 a week. Um, and for the Ukrainians, it's, it's, it's about 1,200. Now, I don't know if that's true. It's hearsay, but it was from staff members and things like but that. But for you, for you to stay in the hotel, it's definitely 700, is it? It's between seven and eight a week, yeah. Okay. And do you get fed for that? Uh, no, well, like, we used to, we, we used to, until the Ukrainian refugee, like I, I just want to be careful know what I'm saying, you know. Yeah. Um, because the more, you, the more I kind of say, the more you kind of pinpoint it, and I'm kind of just a bit worried about my own situation, you know. Okay, you know. well, leave it uh, off then. I don't want you to jeopardize anything yeah, with no, regards totally, to having a bed look, to lie on. Once, once I know what's happening, and once I know more information, because as I said, a time frame's been set. The owners are saying one thing, the council saying another thing. Um, I'll be happy to come back Fair on play. and give my name. Give uh, you. And have you been told, have you been told, and when the everybody else that's staying there, have you been told when you have to be out to make way for refugees? Some, some people were told, uh, like, some people were told this week, um, others were told, you know, two weeks, things like that. Um, myself, I was told two weeks. 
Um, uh, but I was told it could be kind of sooner rather than later. But I don't know because when I rang the council, they, they said a different story altogether, you know. Yeah, so you could uh, be going from a hotel to a B&B, you know that. My, my, my concern as a, as a young single male um, is that I'm being taken from a hotel, which look, like I said, and I'm extremely grateful for it, like you have no idea. Um, I just kind of hit a, hit a bump in the road. Yeah, and, and you'll, you'll pick yourself up again in the future. You're certainly... Oh, 110%. Yeah. Meaning 110%. But as, the, as a single male, it's very hard to get into any accommodation in general anyway. Yeah. Um, which is why I kind of ended up where, where I am now. But my worry is... My biggest worry, and it's kind of well-known among people in emergency accommodation, like if you're acting the blackguard in a hotel or anything at all like that, um, if it be an emergency accommodation, you, 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 could get, you could get asked to leave and your next offer would be a hostel where you could be sharing a dorm with eight guys and there could be addicts. Like, I've heard horror stories about some of the, the hostels in the city uh, where some guys could end up after. We'd say, we'd say your first offer could be a hotel and you're in the hotel, but you're an active addiction and you're making a mess and you're being loud and all that kind of stuff. Then you get asked to leave there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and your next step then is, you know, a hostel, you know, in, in, in not a great location, a Cork, um, sharing a dorm with eight other people. Some of them could be addicts. Yes. Heard stories of yeah. Yeah. But you also, in those in the accommodation centres, among them the one you're in, you would have um, families with children or a parent with yeah. children. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So yeah. they're very no, worried, they're, are they? They're very worried. Well, well, the, there was only one, there was only another family in there. They're they're actually after getting off of the house, so they're they're all set. But I suppose like we're down to. There's, like, again, no, I have to be careful. Yeah, well, don't tell me the numbers then. Leave it alone. But what we do know from you is that those that are already in the hotel, and you're saying they're Irish, are being moved out so that the hotel can be 100% refugees. Okay. Exactly. Okay. 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 If you have any further info, do come back to me, Steve. Yeah, once I I do get the information, um, and if we, like, we say, for example, if I'm offered, like, a hostel or something like that, I'm going to come right back on the radio and I'm going to tell tell all, you know. Thank you so much. I look forward to chatting with you again. Good luck for now. Take care. Uh, Gennaro, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Okay. What are your thoughts, my friend? Well, I mean, as I said in the text, I mean, now, if I got it right, because I just was following the show now, just 10 minutes, really. So they are giving money now to people to get refugee in, yeah? Well, the proposal being discussed at Cabinet at the moment is that households could be paid €400 Euro per month to accommodate Ukrainian refugees. Uh, that's been considered. Uh, among the reasons are um, the extra costs on the household like increased utility bills arising in households as a result of uh, hosting refugees, uh, more food on the tables, obviously, and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that, that, does that apply then for a hotel and bed and breakfast and those kind of, uh, those kind of uh, business? Like uh, they're already being paid um, and they could be paid north of a grand a week as it is. Yeah, so that that to me sounds like human trafficking because the government here, the cabinet here in Ireland is taking the money from somewhere. I mean, I don't understand how the money that can come out of this country from everywhere, you know? Yeah, so it's, some, and it's interesting because householders, there, you know? householders have not been asking for money, to be quite honest with you. And many yeah, of them yeah, 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 but the fault is not that, uh, down to the household because like, if, you, if you want to do something for kindness... Usually, Irish people, they're very kind. Mm. And they want to do something for kind, uh, to be kind. Then, like, they end up, like, getting 400 euro a month. Like, they say, okay, I'll pay out the, the expenses, extra expenses that I have for having maybe one, two, three people in my house, you know, accommodating them, which is fair. But this money, they're coming some, from somewhere. And, like, 
they are doing a human trafficking out of it. You know, they're doing business. This is called business. To, to my eyes, that's the way the, the way it looks. To why do you, why do you uh, think like, that way? You think that people now might be attracted to the idea of taking in some refugees in return for €100 Euro a week? Well, maybe not everybody, but you will have uh, one or two people that uh, will be attracted to that. They say, you know what, I might, I might as well take a couple of them in, you know? That, uh, that's my, my uh, opinion. Are they, pos- are they capable of maybe taking in two Ukrainian families in two different bedrooms for 800 a month or something, is it? Yeah, could be, yeah. Imagine somebody that has a house, house empty there and like us. No, a second property or third property and it's empty and it's closed for the last 10 years and he's not renting it and it's taken 800 euro a month just to put them in into the house. Well, no, it, it, we got to do something. I mean, we got to do something because there's thousands and thousands arriving and they've only put 200 of them in homes already. Only 200. <laughs> yeah, but in Ireland, Neil, you know better than me that there is a big house crisis, you know? Like, yeah, so, yeah. Okay. So, okay. I, mean, I mean, they're leaving behind now. I am ho- I'm, I'm from outside myself. I'm from Italy, you know, so I, I, I'm living in Ireland these 10 years and I think it's a great country, okay? And I'm all for helping, you know, because this country has helped me and now I, I understand that we need to help people. But what I see now is that the Irish government of, it's leaving the Irish people behind to think to people from outside force. So, like, what, what is the saying? Think uh, first to your own and then help the others, you know? Yeah, well, like, we're, we're hearing of people being relocated who are in emergency accommodation and lots of cancellations and hotels as well for different yeah, functions. It, it is not fair on the Irish people because okay. there is high, Irish out there that they're struggling to get to the end of the month now, you know? Okay. Like, at the end of All the right. day, we are paying for this war already, you know? Like, the, everything went up. Uh, gas, electricity, food, diesel. So, in a way, we are paying for this war already. Okay, jump in on that, Chris, if you want. Do you have some thoughts? Yeah, Neil. um, I think we need to be really careful about the narrative around this entire issue. Um, Set aside what the government are doing for a minute and just look at the human element here. You've got refugees coming in from Ukraine who are obviously leaving horror stories and they're landing here. The last thing they need is Irish people looking at them going, you're taking X, Y and Z off of us. Well, they have no idea. They're just landing here. Now, obviously, my initial text was about the, the poor chap down in Yall whose wedding was cancelled. And again, like, I was out for a walk when I started listening to it. So I might have missed the first couple of seconds. But again, that, that hotel is changing ownership. That's, you know, that's, that only came kind of a third of the way through. The chat with him at the start, it was mm. Ukrainians are coming in, they're taking the hotel, blah, blah, blah. That's not the case in that particular hotel. That hotel is changing ownership. A lot of the time when businesses change hands, though, you honour your bookings and you would honour, like like you'd honour, like you'd honour gift vouchers and things. You do, Neil, but this, uh, look, I know it's going to sound harsh, but there was no money put down on that. And who has a wedding three months out that has put no money down on that? It isn't for the one to trying, though, he said. I I know, I know, Neil, but you know as well as anyone, if you're putting together a a wedding, whatever kind of gathering, you you have some money down on it, or you, I know the man said he chased it, but look, that's, that's another point. The hotel have clearly made an operational decision, looked at their bookings and said, is there money on this? Is there not money on this? Do you have any and thought then, for y'all that might well be devastated from an aspect of tourism and businesses, no? I do. I do. But, you know, y'all, look, y'all's been around a long time what? and y'all, y'all has its own problems, Neil. Like, you compare y'all with, like, the Kinsale or a Cove. Y'all, y'all, and I'm friends with y'all. I, I got into y'all a lot. Y'all has, has its own problem. Y'all could be a lot better town than it is. And it has plenty of empty units and they're trying to get off their feet. I understand that. But they're, 
they're their own worst enemy sometimes on the commercial side down in Yall. And people down in Yall will tell you that themselves. What does that mean, though? What? Are they too expensive or something, or what? No, it's... Like, I've, I don't really want to get into it, Neil, but yeah. I've heard of businesses that try to open down there, you know, put cafes down there that want to put seats and tables out on the street and other already existing businesses down there will put the kibosh on it. Yeah, just, that's, just that's that kind of small stupid carry-on, isn't it? Stupid. That, that kind of small-time yeah, stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I, I feel for them on that basis, but this, this we're talking about hotel accommodation. But anyway, you also don't want to create a narrative, say, from the, like, where, where people might be pointing fingers at refugees and at being disparaging no, that, that towards them. Yeah. that can't happen, Neil, because us as Irish people, and we need to remember this, Neil, our history how many Irish people have left this country and sought refuge in other countries in the States, in Australia, in the UK right up till the 80s, 1980s we've been doing it for millennium decades, centuries and I'm not saying we have to take everyone in but we have to remember our history and we, we, we can't let whatever the government are doing with these payments for these refugees that's, that's on the government level on the human level we have to you know, stick to what, we're, yep. to what we were talking about three or four weeks ago where there was a groundswell of there was a groundswell you know, of people pledging, but nobody's going back to them saying, "Okay, are you ready? We're going yeah, to bring you the refugees now." Nobody's like you. Almost, but you must also bear in mind that this is the commercial decision by people, whether it's a B and B or a hotel, um, to you know f- flip flip their way of doing business because they can make more money from refugees. Yeah, so, are you anyway critical yeah, of that? that? <laughs> I am, Neil. But you know, this country is. I mean, I often say this country is small enough to be run by a corporation. The, our the way things are run in this country are horrendous. You know, it, it's always, you know, look, fire, aim. We, we never do anything properly. We have the best of intentions. But no, but what, I, what I'm saying to you is this is this from a commercial aspect is motivated by profit. Well, not, not from individuals, Neil. Well, not from, individuals. from companies. Not from you, cancel, you cancel somebody's wedding, all right? Or you cancel somebody's function or somebody's holidays for profit you'll make more money by not having them and having others instead that's that's the motivation yeah, I, 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 yeah I take that on board but that, I, what I'm talking about here the, the overall narrative around these people coming in this isn't on them you know there's other countries all that. over Europe taking in refugees as yeah. well yeah. and if and you know what it's like when, when foreigners come into a country whether they're Italian or Spanish or Brazilian or whatever they're generally welcomed and they, they work and blah 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 these Ukrainians don't want to be here they want to be in Mariupol or they want to be in Kiev or they want to be where they do from. but people they, are still people who, who are here already and listen to this program are entitled to have a point of view I mean surely be the guy oh yeah they, they are Neil but it's it's it has to be born out of not frustration or what they hear or what they read on Facebook or, or this kind of stuff it's yeah, it, it's unfortunate that this issue now about money and payments from the government, and I get it, the country's on its knees at the moment with housing and healthcare and everything else that's going on in this country, and it couldn't be any worse in terms of timing for refugees to be coming in, to be honest. But that's not their fault, you know? Yeah, but it does and shine a light It does shine a light into central government that they can find enormous oh, funding running to millions and millions of euro very the, quickly. The 600 million they found for part infrastructure there down the back of the sofa yesterday or the day before. Bizarre. That's, that's another, that's another part of it. That's a bizarre amount of money. I was talking about that yesterday. Good points. Thanks for yeah. making them. I'll let you All get right. back to your walk. Thanks, Chris. Text 0868104106. Just a fast one this side of uh, 10 in the morning. Charlie, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Okay, your thoughts. I've only got about 90 seconds, so go ahead. Right, Neil. Um, I think the government are taking the easy way out of putting these um, the refugees or the Ukrainians into hotels and it, the, the thing is sorted with the EU and everything. But they're, they're spending taxpayers' money and it's going to go into millions. And behind all this, 
We have an army barracks in Clonmel that can hold up to a thousand people. It closed up there about five, five years ago and it's still standing. And if they only put in a few hundred thousand in there and the people would be safe in there, there there's cooking facilities, the whole lot, and get some of the army down even from Limerick that they moved out of Clonmel and put them in there to look after uh, You'd be people. sleeping on rows and rows of metal cots though, wouldn't you? No, 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 no. If they put in the proper facility, Neil, the, the, the complex is there for them. Now they're putting them into hotels and the hotels are making serious money on them. The one in, in Dungarvan and Connie is getting 12 grand a year for every refugee that's staying in it now and they're in there for the last six years. Like the government don't, like they're throwing money left, right and centre and it's all our taxpayers' money that they're throwing out and they're not putting any thought into this whatsoever. And the people, to be honest with you, these people are coming over to Ireland. It's a fine complex in Clonmel. It's the biggest army barracks in the south that would hold over a thousand people. Okay. And there's facilities there for cooking and everything. Why can't they do that? All right, thanks Spend for that. millions on Th- that. Thank you, Charlie. Get it off your chest. Text the Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. Hectic as usual. Free Food Friday with Roosters, Perry Perry, Douglas and Blackpool. You will get starters of chicken wings, chicken skewers, beef skewers. The mains will be chicken wraps, chicken pittas, beef burgers. You get loads of Perry Perry sauce. And we're going to give you Perry salted fries, rice, and the newest side that they have, waffle fries. Delicious. The, the Perry mayo and the garlic Perry mayo as well. You can also get your own dessert, which you can make yourself. You can build your own cheesecake with all sorts of different toppings. So if you're ordering food at the weekend, think about Roosters Perry Perry Douglas and Blackpool and check them out online at roostersperryperry.com. So it'll feed 15 of you, maybe more. Uh, here are the first bunch of shout outs for Aaron and all of the staff at the clerical offices uh, of microbiology at Cork University Hospital, to the guide dogs for the blind on the Model Farm Road on this lovely Friday. Morning, Sylvia. To everybody at Broderick's Chemist on Barrick Street, the Puffin Ward at CUH, Mary and all of the ward would love some food, says Vince. Bridgewater Homes in Rathcormac. Everybody working for uh, in the Dunmanway unit uh, of the CUH, including the medical secretaries. Grandons in Glanmire. Uh, Pat Dunley uh, got in touch. Uh, Kieran and Niall down in Kinsale working for Kevin McAllen Building would love to uh, be fed today. So would everybody at Alan Bailey Carpentry in Glen in Navarre. Guys and dolls on the South Main Street. Blue Coast Skip Hire down Coveway. To all of the gang at uh, Boots on Half Moon Street. Morning, Shauna. To uh, Cork Hygiene Limited on Sarsfields Road. Alter Domus. Um, Blockwall Developments in Rathcormac. Area Carpets and Flooring. Premed Fabrication on the Powdered of Road with Love and Munch. Everybody at Cork Hygiene on Sarsfield Road. Hi, Sinead down Tivoli Way. Would love to win to celebrate her 40th birthday with her partner and her kids. Uh, all of the staff at uh, Lehan Motors and the Toyota dealers uh, and East Cork Oil in Middleton to the front office staff and all of the drivers getting uh, oil to everybody's home and business. So text who you are and where you are to 0868104106 and another bunch of shout outs uh, this side of 11. Um, let us know who you are and where you are. I heard in the news there, Mike Ryan from Cockbowl in Cornstore talking about businesses uh, in hospitality really under pressure these days. And he's saying in the news at, at 10 there that some won't survive the increase in costs in different areas of their businesses and some will go to the wall. 
Uh, Catherine Wharton got in touch um, from Wharton's Fish and Chips in Bantry. It's a fantastic chipper. I mean, the chips and the fish down there is just absolutely glorious. But she said to me by email, the show could nearly be over now. She says, there's no way businesses in this country will keep the show on the road. She's waiting, she said, on another email from Electric Ireland with regards to quotes for her utility, literally keeping the lights on and the fires going and the business going. And then she sent me some examples. She says um, she spoke to Michael Healy Ray because she's panicked about electricity and uh, gas costs. And she's also waiting on a reply from Michal Martin and Eamon Ryan. Uh, She says to us that thank you for the help that we've given our business down through the years and all of the shout outs. Uh, But she says increases like she's getting and other businesses are getting from SSE, Airtricity and also Energia and all of the other suppliers. She says it's going to close many businesses in the country. She says most of the ones I've spoken to have no idea that the huge price hike coming on the track could floor them. And then she sent bills to me. Apparently, a lot of businesses go through an energy broker like she does. And, you know, two years ago, uh, she was saying that her price was locked in for a two-year period with Airtricity. Uh, but when you come out of that and go into a new deal, say if they were getting fifth, they were paying 15 cent per unit, the new deal now will be closer to 50 cent per unit. So from 15 and a half cent to 50 cent. That would show that her new two monthly bill would go from her last one of 2,000 euro for two months to upwards. Firstly, she thought 5,300. But then apparently her broker did analysis on her commercial electricity usage in the past. And based on her last bill, I mean, is your seatbelt on? It would go from 2,000 for two months to over 8,000 for two months. And that's a 250% increase on this time last year. And her broker said that every business owner coming out of contract is in the same boat. And they said that they're seeing huge amounts of businesses reconsidering if it's even viable to stay trading. What business could survive going from 2,000 for a two-month period to over 8,000. I mean, how much would people be prepared to pay for fish and chips? I mean, would you pay twice as much to go to your favorite chipper or your favorite restaurant? Would you pay three times as much? I think people would be hard pushed to step up to the plate to pay an awful lot more. But when you look at that, from two and a half grand to over 8,000, I'd say she's having, I'd say she's having sleepless nights, I can tell you that. Anyway, text 0868104106 if you're in the same scenario with regards to your business, picking up on what Catherine's been saying to me and indeed what um, Mike Ryan is saying at Cockbull and Cornstore. People are struggling in many different ways, I can tell you, and I know I deal a lot with housing and what have you, and isn't a day goes by I don't get a text or an email from somebody struggling. I mean, you want an example of it? I can give you loads of them on a daily basis, people looking for somewhere to live. Uh, But I did read um, an interesting conversation Conversation uh, that was had in the papers this morning. It's a story that makes uh, the Independent with the Cork musician Martin Healy. I mentioned Martin actually because he's due to come into studio and play for me next week. Hopefully that'll happen next Friday. He's got a new single out now, uh, but he makes the papers because he is now one of those who's currently renting down in Bandon. And his landlord is selling up and he's being forced to find new accommodation. He says, even a small bungalow costing 1200 a month to rent, he says, I can't afford it. And for that reason, 
the Cork singer-songwriter Martin Lee, he says he's thinking of moving to France, where accommodation appears to be much more affordable. Um, and, and that's the situation he finds himself in. I'm looking in places, but the prices are crazy. I just don't feel that I can afford to rent a place or do it here anymore. So I'm contemplating moving abroad. Uh, it's about 1200 for a one-bedroom. He says, I just can't afford to pay it. And that's typical of many texts and emails that I get. But he did write a song. Um, and the song is called Everybody. The song is called Everybody um, Deserve. Everybody Should Have a Home. Um, actually, the backing vocals on this and the chorus is done by the likes of the great Victoria Keating and Tim O'Reardon and Anya Gorman and Martin Minahan and the great John Neville, who we featured many of those artists on this program uh, down through the recent years. Um, but I want to play this because he's writing this song and singing this song from the heart because he's actually going through it himself. This is Martin Leahy. Make them richer. They see property as opportunity, a business that'll make the sickness sicker. If they build too many houses, it'll drive down the price. It's just cold economics to them. So there's no way to address it, cause it's not in their interest. We've seen it over time and time again. Everyone should have a home. Everyone should have a home in this world. Life. It's a basic human right to have a dignified place you call your own Everyone should have a home Everyone should have a home Safe and warm where you belong Everyone should have a home Housing developers that are hung up on greed And hungry vultures swooping from the sky Crucifying rents that are on the increase Shamefully they bleed the people dry All the vacant properties we can see them in our towns Sign the papers and take down the boards A home not a hotel, a home not a hostel A home not a camera box on the side of the road Everyone should have a home Everyone should have a home In this world, in this life It's a basic human right to have a dignified place you call your own Everyone should have a home Everyone should have a home Safe and warm where you belong Everyone should have a home We've got landlords and government who vote and legislate In favour of investments they control Our leaders they facilitate and then wave away The emergency created at their door the money buys get richer and the poor just fade Into hovels and holes they can't afford Dystopian evictions, ruthless repossessions A wealthy country's people and a stranglehold Everyone should have a home Everyone should have a home In this world, in this life It's a basic human right to have a dignified place you call your own Everyone should have a home Everyone should have a home Safe and warm where you belong, everyone should have a home. Safe and warm where you belong, everyone should have a home. Safe and warm where you belong, everyone should have a home. Oh my god. Oh my god. 
I listened to that yesterday off a laptop and this is the first time I listened to it with headphones and I hope you turned it up. The passion and the anger is roaring from that song, from that incredibly talented Cork musician and singer-songwriter, the great Martin Healy. And I'll chat with him in studio at some stage next week. Next week, But, you know, like I'd love to get just the lyrics because independent of the music and the very edgy and rocky back song that's going on there and the great backup and the great, uh, the great uh, chorus line, I think the lyrics themselves stand alone um, as kind of like almost like an anthem for change. Um, it's incredible. And I, I hope that Martin does get sorted and doesn't have to go and live in France. I'm sure that his talent won't be in any way diminished by living in France, but I hate losing people to our beautiful city, particularly talented people of his caliber. An incredible song, Martin Healy. Everyone should have a home. Back after the break. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818-104-106. Cork's Red FM. And people are talking as usual. James, good morning. You hear me all right? Okay, he may well be... Um, uh, Hello? Just, yo, there you are, James. Good morning. Yeah, how's it going, Neil? How are you getting on? Good. Neil, thanks for letting me vent the fury there by both that after. Is this James or Philip? Is that you? Is this Philip? This is Philip. 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 Yeah. yeah, James. Hold on, I'll come back to you in a second, James. Go ahead, Philip. But uh, listen, uh, Neil, about that lad that was on from Greenlands and those people yesterday. Mill Street Community months. Council. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. These lads are coming across as if they're given these um, rooms free of charge. You know, that's what seems no. to be coming across. No, no, no. If you heard me chatting with them yesterday, asked them that question: Who's picking up the tab? The state. Yeah. The state are paying these boys for giving their rooms. That's that's the thing. The state is a big entity. It's kind of uh, it's, it's all encompassing. But the key thing here, right? Every business uh, is being paid, and now it looks yes, like yes, it households will also be paid. Yeah. yeah. Once that comes across, Neil, that the B and Bs, the hotels, and the Green Lens and all these boys, right? Yeah. They're being paid ninety and eighty euros per room per night. And this is the key thing. That's well, I don't key. know the exact figure. How do you know well, I that's... Know, I know. I know it well. That's why I wanted to get out there. They're, they're charging enormous amounts of money, these people, um, for people that are in a, in a bad way, and they're making loads of money out So there. is I a hotel or a B&B getting €80 Euro per night per person, is it? Yes, per room, per person. They're putting three people maybe into the room. Okay. But per room, and that's the way it is. And furthermore... The Red Cross, I registered with the Red Cross by telephone calling about six occasions. I emailed them a month ago, and I'm still waiting on a callback. And this raw mesh that, um, oh, God, we can't contact the people. The people are pulling out. This is rubbish. I was fast. Total rubbish. It's just rubbish because they're not, they're not coming back to people. They're lying. They're not coming back because this is, it's every, if you ask anyone in the street, have they registered it? Have, have they had anything? They've had nothing. This is a joke. It's, it's a fast, the whole thing. I was fostering young lads for years, Neil, right? Yeah. And my wife rang the health board the other day, right? And she says, listen, there's a lot of young little lads coming in. They're in trouble. We give them a room. We have six rooms in the house, okay? Yeah. Your man said, we'll be back to you before the day is out. We're still waiting on a call back. This is the joke. It's, it's, it's a money-making machine, this refugee crisis. That's what they're doing. That's what they're using it for. And that's all I want to do to get out there. They're getting 80, 90 euros per room. Per night, not per week, per night. Make that up, add it up, and see how much the money comes to. It's a huge amount of money. Yeah. And more power to them. 
but the, the one thing I want to know, it has to okay. get out there. I, no, yeah, and it has got out there, and you've done it, and I did say it yesterday that nobody is doing that. Now, they might be out of kindness and they want to help and be just, but they're not, yes. they are actually not, it's not costing them anything. They're doing it because they're getting paid to do it. I can't be yes. any clearer yeah, than that. That's the, that's so, the, the state okay. is covering the cost that that could mean anything. It's covering the cost for the flight to come in from Ukraine that that could mean that. But the key thing is here. All these hotel owners, B&Bs, Green Glens and all these, they're getting a check, a big, huge check from the state every week for this. And is it your point, just before I let you go, is it your point that if 25,000 people pledge, now I know that something in the region of uh, 12, maybe 13,000 of those, they claim either can't be contacted or pulled out. But let's say that there's 15,000 pledges of accommodation. If they were being fulfilled and followed up on in family homes, it wouldn't be costing the state and the taxpayer money to pay B&B's hotels in Greenland. Exactly, that's exactly the point. Because there's a lot of good people out there who want to do good for people who are in a right crisis over in Ukraine. Including myself, my own wife, the whole lot, right? And I know several other people. None of us have had anything back. There's nothing short of a joke. Yeah, and look, it's just worse than an Irish joke now this minute. Me, like, and you say in the text then, always remember they're being paid top dollar. They're doing it for personal gain. Exactly. All right, my friend. Thank I you, mean, Philip. Just, yeah. Neil, before you go, can I give one plug to a, a grateful on YouTube? It's worth going on to see his videos. You should do it yourself. Dr. Fox Arctic is his name. Believe me, when you go on it, He's one of the top men in Ireland at the YouTube, Dr. Fox Attic, and um, he won't address it, trust me. What would, I see? what would I see if I go on to Dr. Fox Attic? He puts Joe Biden into the Skyrim stroke oblivion gaming series, right? And it is hilarious. It is brilliant. His comedy is, his comedy is unbelievable. I mean, you have to see this to believe it. And so is all the people in Ireland in Cork to do it. Dr. Fox Attic, P-H-O-X. O-T-I-C is how you spell it. Okay. And believe me, you won't address it. You'll have him on he your should, show, Mark Mylborn. He should do a few He should do a few YouTube videos in the state of our own country. Never mind Biden. He could start with Michal Martin and those in Dahl. Oh, I couldn't agree with you more, Neil. You're on the ball. All right, but Okay, thanks for that. Take care. Okay, text 0868104106. James. No, I think it's a problem with his phone line. You can go back to him in a few minutes' time as soon as you get him sorted. Text 0868104106 for all of the business. Listen, let me come up for air for a second. I got a lovely email in from Larry. He says, my wife absolutely adores your radio show and religiously listens to it every day and especially at night as she's going to sleep. And he says, that means I get to listen too. She's a big fan uh, of you and the kindness you show people on your show. Thank you for that. Anyway, she's an amazing play school teacher and an amazing mother to our two kids, Dylan and Izzy. And she always maintains kindness as one of the greatest attributes one could have. And she lives her life with love and kindness. Actually, I totally believe in that mantra. I think the, ki- the, the strongest word and the best thing that anybody could ever call you is kind. Anyway, she's currently going through a really rough time with her sciatica and has been in constant pain for a fortnight. She's tried painkillers, chiropractors. She's trying an acupuncturist. She's an, os- an osteopath. And hopefully she will find relief. She was meant to go see a comedy show tonight with her friends, but had to cancel because of pain. Anyway, she'd love... And uh, I think the family would love if you gave her a shout out and a mention and just wish her well. Her name is Jill Devery and she lives in the County Limerick. 
Thank you, Neil. All the best to you and keep up the good work. So good morning to you, Jill. I hope that you get your pain management under control and you get some peace and some pain-free times and that you have a great weekend. And thank you so much for listening. So morning to Jill and to Larry and all the family. And thank you for listening. Okay, I'll just try once more and see how we get on. James? Hello. There you are. Okay, thanks a lot. Trouble trouble trying to track you down. Go ahead. I know I was just thinking what you were saying there about the Ukrainians. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's when they come over here and they move into the houses, when they get their social houses and whatever, and bring their families with them. And they're saying that they, 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 they'll go back home again. I believe they, so will they will. Go, I believe they will go back home. I believe they'll want to go back home. No, 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 no. Don't even cut yourself. They'll have a life in O'Reilly here. And they get the social welfare, they get their, their medical card, they'll have their free pass for the bus, they'll have everything. They wouldn't get that back in their own country. But it's only temporary. I mean, they have left family behind, you see. A lot of them would yeah, be women and children. Yeah, but it's only a lot of family here. Perhaps some do, but an awful lot have left husbands and partners behind. I'm not about to ask you my husbands and partners. So they'd follow you on. So that's what they all do. Okay, they come think... on first. Okay. They send on the wife. And the wife then called the Bosnia and the grandfather. They'd the mother <laughs> and father and they'd come. <laughs> and there they get what would they get they get their pension and they're just in the law yeah but maybe they, maybe they won't maybe they'll want to work well how can they work should they be about 60 and 70 years of age they won't employ their they're over 40 not at all an awful lot of people coming over are young families young parents young children they are young children they're about 17 years 18 years of age they have kids so you believe that those that are here will stay and more will follow yeah. and why wouldn't they? Is that? Of course, of course they will. Why, why, why wouldn't they? Jesus, stop. So they're trying to get over here at the moment when they're over in their own country, as you said. There's a lot of Ukraine families here already. And the attraction would be social welfare, uh, medical yeah. cards, social yeah, housing. They're getting them used to it now. Should I give them some now for nothing? Should I tell them oh, here? Yeah, look, well, I don't have any. I don't do. have any proof of any single refugee coming from a war-torn country that's been given a house. I know they've Should been given. And they give no social houses. Didn't the girl say yesterday that that lad like you're talking to? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Um, but I two, but, two but bedroom house, a she, single person, two bedroom apartment in that land. She no, I mean he claimed that and she claimed that, but I don't have any official evidence to say that already. But I want to go and watch it with your people on your radio. Sure, I just ain't quoting them. Yeah, well, he did say that that he did meet a Ukrainian young girl who was coming out of yeah. the post office for two hundred and five euro and complaining no, that the coffee was too dear. What, 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 what would he want to be making that up for? I know, I'm just saying I can't back it up as being fa- being true or fake. But he, he did claim it and so did she. But I know it's all with the, But with I, don't, I don't have any evidence to say that any war refugee coming in here goes to the top of the queue of a housing list. Well, it's looking that way, sure. Sure, they want to put them into council houses. Well, if I'd like, I'd like to hear of evidence of that of people who are. Well, sure, they're they're saying they're going to go into council houses. He said that any, she's. Any, yeah. You know the way it is, they, though. He said, she said. I don't know if it's. Yeah, true. I know. I understand that. Yeah, yeah. But also, also, what's where are all the prisoners that were left all the all the, the jail over there? Where are they? F- maybe fighting. Maybe, maybe fighting for their country, perhaps. No. How could they fight for their country? So you can't go fighting for your country in the army, so if you have a, if you have a record. Civilians are fighting as well. Oh, you, so wh- wh- why do you bring up prisoners? Wh- what's the point of that? 
Yeah, prisoners want Debbie walking around, Cockle walking around Ireland. Oh, that they... don't know what they're what they have to do. Okay, okay. What's why what what murderers, pedophiles, everything. Yeah, but it's, they they could they could be coming into the country anyway. They don't have to be refugees to come in. They're coming in anyway. Oh, of course, yeah, I know they are, yes. Because yeah. every, every walk of life, I have to come in there. All right, okay. Every nationality. All right, so... Uh, and, about, and, and, and before you go, mm. Mikey there, Mikey beyond, if he comes on during the week there, Mikey Martin. Yeah. About his houses, he said he'd give one of his houses out. Did he give it out yet? Don't know anything about that, but Helen McEntee seems to have changed her mind, apparently. She, you know, the Justice Minister, she was, yeah. she did pledge her house in County Meath, but now apparently she's saying that she might change her mind because it's too rural and they'd be in the house all day and they'd be isolated, apparently. Ah, uh, well, so she changed her mind, so she's a good one to lie. Oh, well, I don't know anything about that. Be very fair to people now, let's just deal with facts. No, that's fair to anyway, black and white. Anyway, what? Tell, her, tell her keep the wool from the door. All right, okay, okay. Thanks for that. Text 0868104106. I don't know whether he thinks we're a soft touch or whether it's a joke or we've been taken advantage of or whether the government haven't a clue what they're doing and they're trying to look good in the eyes of Europeans. Do my best to try and keep as much balance as that I can. Text 0868 104 uh, Pick up the phone on 0818 104 Back after the break. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now on 0818 104 Red FM. Neil, you're daft. Refugees won't be going home. They'll be going home to rubble. It will take years to rebuild their country. From yesterday's program with regards to drug addiction, addictions and people begging and uh, Willie was saying from the bar shop and post office on McCartan Street please don't give money to people who are begging you're feeding a habit and you're giving it ultimately to dealers and drug cartels those poor people who are on the streets who don't have an address and don't get any payment what are they living on? The government is a disgrace. No wonder they beg and rob. Well, that is true. If you don't have an address, you can't get welfare. Now, I believe that if you're staying in St. Vincent's Hostel or if you're staying in Simon um, and you have rooms there, you can use that as an address. But I don't think you can if you just visit the day room there. And if you don't have a permanent address, then you won't get dole. Uh, you spoke about homeless people not being able to get welfare due to the fact that they have no permanent address. Unpost has a facility in place to cater for that insofar as they will be provided with an address and any mail that comes for them is held at the post office until it's collected. That's fantastic. I hope more people know about that. The government couldn't organise a pee in a public toilet. Are they going to open a place for people who smoke cannabis next? and get their drugs free. In relation to the man, this is on the injection centre, in relation to the man recommending an injection centre be put in the Ernville Hospital, is the office game? That's a terrible idea. There's a primary school directly across the road, a secondary school just up the road, and a college up there as well. There couldn't be a worse place to put it. Put these guys outside the city so they're not doing harm to anybody who want to live their lives normally and peacefully. How would they get there? Maybe there would be a bus that would take them out of the city. Uh, to use the injection centre. The guy in addiction being interviewed did not say rehab is great. He said treatment is great. Rehab is an American word. Word In Ireland, people go into treatment, not rehab. Neil keeps using the word rehab. We have treatment centres. Please remind him. Okay, I'll consider myself reminded. Can we not put money into educating the youth of today before they start? Teach them the dangers of drugs and addiction. Teach our kids rather than their friends and dealers teaching them. I rang our local secondary school 
and they have no drug education in over two years due to COVID. I've witnessed children in school uniforms dealing drugs at 4pm on a Friday afternoon. I've also witnessed a drug dealer going to a sports field next to a secondary school dealing drugs at the 11am break. It's shocking, but this is the reality. Listening to the stories about, that is shocking. Listening to the stories about addiction is awful on your program. I myself are a recovering alcoholic. Uh, it's a disgusting disease that destroys people. We really are. Uh, that horrible feeling of needing that drink, not wanting it, but having to get it for you to just function. I can tell you it's horrible. I attended meetings regularly and I'm so grateful for the people I met on this journey. It's hard, but there is help but you have to want it. Uh, Morning. Can I please put things in perspective? I'm sick with a rare illness. I was dealt those cards. Those sick drug users choose their cards. I don't feel they should be put in the same category as sick and ill people that you tend to do, Neil. Following our conversation yesterday on air regarding injection centres, I saw a documentary last night about the Victorian opium dens. The similarities were striking, except the Victorians had to pay for the privilege to go to a building and pay for a bunk bed to get out of their head on opium, says uh, Anthony. Well, thank you for that. And just another few then. Uh, I'm feeling very cross this morning when I hear of all of the money they're putting into the city and all of the young people here that cannot move out of home. This is from yesterday's program. saying about the 600 million that's being invested now in bus corridors and park and rides and footpaths and cycle lanes. 600 million in Cork. Um, no house, absolutely nowhere to rent. It's a total disgrace. Uh, our young people will have to go away somewhere and they don't want to. What can be done for these young people to help them buy or even rent? It's very depressing for our own people. Now they're building places in Mill Street. I'm not envious of those people needing a home, the refugees, but we have to help our own, says Marie in Clon. And then lots then to do with people who have pledged with regards to the Red Cross. I registered a pledge for hosting a Ukrainian mother and child with the Red Cross, with the Irish Refugee Council in February. Since February, I have heard nothing back. I then registered with the Red Cross in March, received an email asking to confirm if the accommodation pledged is still vacant and available from the 15th of April. I did, and I heard nothing back. Uh, another person, I haven't heard of anyone I know personally who has signed up getting a call back from the Red Cross, or even an email. They are getting absolutely nothing. Then... Yesterday, uh, because on Wednesday, I read on an email from Siobhan, who works at Apple and was talking on behalf of many Apple staff who are really saddened and fed up and very, very much alarmed at the animal abuse that they witness on a regular basis from their workplace at Apple. Many, many texts on it. I mean, loads and loads. Well done to Siobhan. And thank you for highlighting this issue. I have called the guards many times about this recently, as it seems to be getting so much worse. It's constantly to be seen in Holly Hill and Glen Heights and Ballyvalan, where horses are being raced up and down the road and dogs stray all over the place in packs. The guards again have said to me that it's their culture. But many of these horses are very young and distressed. It's terrible to see. Can you highlight there is no animal inspector in the Cork area? and There hasn't been for months on end. Cork City, do not engage in this matter. If you ring the vet services, they move you to traveller accommodation, which is totally unsuitable department to be dealing with animal abuse. Just yesterday, there were goats loose again 
on the North Ring Road. Uh, the guards won't confront travellers as they're afraid of them. Another one. Thank you, Siobhan, for highlighting this animal abuse. Why are the Gardaí afraid to do something about this? Does the all not apply to some people? How do we all know that they're actually from travel affair? How do you know there isn't other people living in houses that actually don't keep horses and fields themselves? Anyway, I'll stay with this for a while if you don't mind. Text 0868104106. But just ahead of that, Teresa has been on hold for an age. Teresa, good morning. Hi, Neil. How okay. are you? You have two Ukrainian refugees. I have. Okay. Didn't we chat about that? Um, I think you might have chatted to my daughter. Okay. Um, I think mm-hmm. we, we might have had the original conversation with regards to the Ukrainian mother and daughter who then came from Dublin to your home, is it? Uh, they actually came from Shannon. From Shannon. Okay. They okay. came from Shannon. Okay. Yeah. Um, and is, 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 Spun, is the mother a piano player? Um. No, she's not. She's actually a hairdresser. Okay, I had a few different people placed at the time. So tell me your story. So my story emerged from this girl that you had been speaking to on your show, Vika, from Balancholic. Yes, Vika was traveling all the way across Europe in a car and it was taking, it took weeks. They were absolutely baited from the exhaustion. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So it was through hearing it on your show that I said I would take them. We had already pledged with Red Cross weeks previous. Yeah. Um, but we had heard nothing from them. And when I heard her on your show, we said, look, we, we'll take these two people. Mother and daughter, wasn't it? Yes. And how have things worked out since? Brilliant. Very well. Um, they're very independent people, Neil. Mm. Very, even their children. Very independent. I would imagine they're very, very different to our children. You in know, what way? The children, the children in general, the child in general is just a very independent child. You know, she would have no problem if she wanted to cook something or, you know, and you're like, she's an amazing little girl, really. And is it um, one little girl or two? Just one little girl. She, she's 10. Has she gone to school? We got her into school after one week of being here. And her mother was here one week, and within the second week, she was in employment. Oh, she got a job and everything. We got her a job and everything, yeah. She she didn't decide to just take the welfare payment? No, she did take the welfare payment. Obviously, they're entitled to that when they come in. Yeah. And so, obviously, we had, she had been into social welfare because they have to get their PPS number. They have to get set up in that respect. Yeah. But everything seems to be wavered for the nine to 12 months. What does that mean? Uh, as in, you know, they're entitled to a medical card for nine to twelve months. Yeah. Um, within nine months, after the nine months, then they, if they're working, then it's um, you know uh, done on a watch your Ah, that's fair enough. Yeah, you, I get the uh, medical you know, card for nine as months. As yeah, Then they can. Yeah, um, yeah, but there's a chance that they won't be here in nine months' time. You know. I don't think that, no. They miss home terribly. Like imagine. They they do when they have family there and. You know, that child is traumatised. Yeah. Like, you have to look at it rationally. Nobody, if you were coming to Ireland, you'd kind of plan it, wouldn't you? It would take time. You'd be thinking think about so, it. Yeah. Putting, but I these people so. these people left, like, pretty much overnight. It was never their intention. They came, you know, Neil, even to think about it, I didn't collect them when they came into Shannon Airport. There was a lady from Listowel and her daughter. They had wanted to do something. They contacted Vika. And they made the arrangements to Vika to go to Shannon and mm. pick pick them up. I know. If I know. You, you may not remember, but on the night in question, we had a storm. They drove from Listowel 
and drove to Shannon and arrived here at two o'clock in the morning with them. They were literally traumatised. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was a shocking trip. It was really a very um, difficult trip. I remember talking to Vika all the way across Europe. Literally traumatised. Yeah. And, um, you know, two bags and one would have been smaller than a child's bag going to school. Okay. And do they and cook they, for themselves then or do you all eat together or how does that they work? They eat very differently now to us, Neil. Do they? Very, very differently. Um, they eat a lot of pasta, salad, you know, they eat a lot of fish. Um, like, Have they a healthier diet like, than us, have they? They definitely, well, they definitely have, a, they definitely have more a higher iodine diet. I think they eat a lot of seafood and things. But like, to cook dinner for them, you'd cook it in three minutes, pop your bit of fish in the oven and it's basically salad and, but the mother you know, she she's a lovely cook and she likes to cook as well, she'll yeah. cook dinner for us yeah. and um, you know, she goes and does her shopping and brings it back obviously when she came first I mean, she was very overwhelmed because um, the amount of I can't even tell you what came through my front door the amount of stuff it was just unbelievable what, what people what people donated. From iPads to Nintendo Switch to bags to everything for school, school shoes, everything, ta- everything brand new. I mean, I literally <laughs> I literally gave nine bags to the Ukraine on the on the on the lorry three weeks ago. So what you didn't need, you you passed on, yeah? yeah. I passed on and labelled it and it's all gone out to Ukraine. There was a truck leaving from Mayfield and well, we dropped it there. Okay, okay. And, and you so know, I, you know, you know, Vika's friend, I don't, what is her name? Uh, her name is Yelena. Yelena. And what, what Yelena. job, what kind of a job did she get? So Lena is a hairdresser by trade of 18 years. She's 35. Fantastic. And um, she's working in a hair salon in the locality. That's brilliant, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and the little girl goes to school in Glamire. The little girl has fantastic English. They speak Ukrainian. They also speak Russian. Um, she has excellent English because she's studying English online since she was three. Okay, so they're not kind of... Um, neither of them sitting around the house all day with nothing to do. One going to school and the no, other going to work. No, they're gone. Yeah. She's gone to work this morning since nine o'clock. Um, you know, that's a great they're not story. lazy people. That's a great story. I put it to you like yeah. that. Well done. Um, but they're, they're, um, yeah, they are very independent people. And then, you know, um, obviously when she came into Shannon, you have to have a thing called um, a temporary protection letter. Now, obviously the hub wasn't open in Shannon. That was only open in Dublin because you must remember, I took these back on the 11th of March. They were only kind of starting to come into the country. And the only hub was in Dublin. So you have to have this temporary protection letter I get because you, but the, the, it protects the, you for, for, for nine to Yeah, the months. problem is lot, thousands and thousands of people have pledged and nobody's coming back to them and they're not getting any communication. Now, we did get a call last week. My husband got a call from a Irish Red Cross last week. I have, when I took these people, I had been on, to, tried to get on to Red Cross on numerous occasions with no, not a hope of getting yeah, on to them. yeah. And um, basically, um, I did leave my my name, my name and everything else. My daughter did it online, and they did contact us last week. And my husband said to them, "We had pledged a room, but obviously the room was gone. 
we've taken two people six weeks ago. That's fine. We'll cross you off the list. Gotcha. Okay. No such okay. thing as Listen, you or I'll, pl- like I'll plow ahead here, Teresa. I'm delighted yeah. it's all working out. Thanks yeah. for coming back. It's yeah. always great to get an no update. No problem. Thanks no so problem. much. Very welcome, Nate. Have a great weekend. Uh, back to issues up around Holly Hill and the north side. And this, of course, came from an email from Siobhan in Apple. Here's another one. I, too, reported incidents regarding the Shetland and the Sulkies attached with two fellas beating the horse. It's horrendous to watch. I'm, I'm sick of emailing the Department of Agriculture, the guards, to intervene. And thankfully, the brave angels of my lovely horse rescue go out of their way to help these needy animals. And one more, Shona says, I can't abide cruelty to animals. That is utter nonsense to say it's in their culture. The Garda station in question should be complained to Garda HQ. The Garda should be intervening. I got Vincent Cashman from the CSPCA. Vincent, good morning. Good morning, Neil. First of all, a lot of the emails and texts getting from people saying there are no inspectors, there are no vets paid for by the state, there is nobody checking on this or monitoring this or intervening. Like, is that true? No. The um, the CSPCA always have an inspector. Okay, um, and, we, and we have dog wardens. We have three dog wardens as well. The ISPCA have no inspector currently. Their last inspector. Um, um, moved on to another job there just before Christmas, so the position hasn't been filled. And what does a, CSP, a CSPCA inspector do when they come across animal cruelty like this? Okay, we can report it. Now, the, the, the problem with this, Neil, goes back, goes back a long time. We've been talking about, um, I suppose, areas in and around Apple for, for a long, long time, right? Um, the problem with it is we have special powers under the control of Dogs Act, okay? Our dog wardens can seize dogs um, we have power seizure in those circumstances with regards to dogs but when it comes to like the horses and stuff like that under the control or the, the Animal Health and Welfare Bill that came out there a number of years ago um, it's the ISPCA have power of seizure right? So you don't win. we don't and we've been fighting that since but the ISPCA can't do that because they don't have an inspector to do that they don't have an inspector. But there are sulkies there are sulkies in traffic all over the city, particularly the areas of the north side, for years and okay. years. Is that legal on a public road? Right. Sulkies on a public road are not technically illegal. Okay? <laughs> it's if they're a threat to ongoing traffic, if they're if they pose a threat on the road. Okay. Right? But so could I pack in not. the car in the morning now and get myself a sulky and a pony and uh, and uh, go to work? Technically speaking, there's nothing to stop you doing it. Oh, okay. Okay, well, that rules out any kind of fuel it, costs. I just need to feed the pony. It does. Just get, you just get a pony and you can put it out in the green in front of the house and, and you're away. And that's not, and none of that is illegal? It is. They're classed as stray horses. Okay. Now, the problem with this and the problem... No, but with if I bought stray, the horse, owned the, owned the horse and looked after the horse or the pony, I could get a sulky. Um... Technically speaking, I can't see why not. Okay. But the so there's nothing illegal about what's being done then by, say, there is, members... It is, it, there, there is, it is, technically speaking. If I, if I was to rehome, we have two ponies here at the moment, right? If I'm to rehome one of those ponies to Neil Prendival, okay? Yeah. I need to make sure, we're equine registered here, so I need to make sure that the pony is microchipped, is passported, and registered. Okay, so right? I need to do and all then, of that. Okay. Dead, and your land has to be registered with the Department of Agriculture. Okay, so, so in, so in the event of them not being registered, microchipped, and not looked, I'm uh, given uh, land, um, they're classed they as homeless. Be, they shouldn't be, you shouldn't be able to buy them. Okay, okay. Simple they're, as that. They're classed as, as what? Wild then? Is it abandoned or? 
they'd be they'd be classed as abandoned or strayed. Now, strayed. That, that's the case. So who who co- is, who takes them then? Then there's the there's a horse collection service employed by both city or local authorities have a horse collection service. Okay. So if there is horses out there, but there's also a grey area with this Neil, right? That if a horse strays into your is out in the front of your house and you decide then you're going to bring the house. Oh, which has happened. They go on to uh, local farmers' land and the horses are. It's the owner of the land then, unfortunately, becomes responsible for the animals. Oh, it's very technical. A lot of grey areas. A lot of grey areas about everything in this country. But yet you, you had to... It's a shambles. Okay. You removed yet another dead horse from the side of the road recently, did you? Um, well, the, 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 problem, the problem with them is, and I can remember speaking to you on this at the time, there was a dead horse up near Apple... I'm going back a couple of years ago on this, and it was actually, it, it, it was Good Friday when the, the horse was dead. So we, um, we don't, obviously, we're not a funeral service, right? But we'd organised for the, the local knackery to go up and they would remove the horse on our behalf because there was nobody else could remove it. Knackery arrived up and the guy was threatened. Okay? So he left. And you have evidence of this, this threat, do you? Oh, the driver told us, I said, because we kept getting calls about the horse. And I said, there's a truck going up there. And I found the truck and he said, well, just have to be interested. And what was the so threat? They, um, leave the horse where it is, none of your business. And if you value your truck, get out. Move on. Mm, charming. Right? That's charming, isn't it? That was, that was the bank holiday weekend. Right? So that horse was basically torn asunder Friday, Saturday, Sunday, into Monday before we got a call and we had to organise the Gardaí to go up with the um, the knackery service to remove the dead animal. The remains of even, the dead animal at that stage. The remains of the dead animal. He wasn't even he wasn't even covered. Sheet of plastic or anything over it. He was in full view of all the public. Um, and he, even at that stage, we were removing another dead animal up there, and we had to do it at five in the morning. And are you able to trace back who who owned or had responsibility for that dead horse? No, because they're not microchipped. Okay. The law of the land is that the horse must be microchipped. It must be passported. But it is not being followed up on. And what about and the, what about Siobhan from Apple and the staff in Apple who are heartbreaking and very upset at what they observe every single day? Horses and ponies been whipped. Horses and ponies literally collapsing under the weight of the sulky and uh, sheer exhaustion. It is shameful. Yeah. That is the only it is it is a shameful legacy we're leaving. If we're to trace back, and going on with the guards, they're saying it's, it's in people's culture. They do, horses, they say that a lot. Yeah. Right, ho- horses are in everybody's culture in Ireland. There's no one sector or community or whatever can come along and say that horses are just ours to look after or as part of our history. It's not too long ago, everybody that was working on a farm, that was getting deliveries, they were working in canals or anything like that, everything involved horses. Every one of our families in Ireland can trace horses back in their history. Yeah, but we don't anymore now. We have cars and the travelling community. We have cars, right? But so does but so does everybody else. Nobody is using horses in Ireland for transport. Okay, so it's not horses are not exclusive to anybody or any group. They're not. I mean that is absolute nonsense. Okay. It is nonsense. Okay. Okay. Um and that car can't be used by anybody. And it's the same with dog ownership. Okay, I'll give you a case. I was speaking to Seamus on this this morning. <clears throat> we were dealing with a family down in West Cork, and we took dogs off them. They were just overwhelmed with the number of dogs that they had. Right? We explained the situation. We we said we're going to help them out. We'll take the dogs off them. 
and they got it. They were thankful for the help. Mm. They had cleaned up their direct and it, everything now there. It'll be monitored over the next couple of weeks and months to make sure that they're, and that they're back on track. But their heart was in the right place, but they just... They were just ah, well, that's understandable. Yeah. But I remember Councillor Councillor Ken O'Flynn telling me some time ago that to keep a horse, one needs to have at least one acre of land yes. Yes. for that horse. So yes. the horses and the ponies and the Shetlands, are they on public authority land or are they on someone else's there land? There might be on, they might be on somebody else's land. You see, if, you, if you're going away, Neil, th- th- there's some of them. There was, a, there, there was a seminar in Cork a, a, a number of years ago again. And it was about horse ownership. And there was a, there was a, a there was a good guy there from the, the Gypsy Council of Ireland, and um, or Gypsy Council of, of the UK. And he spoke at it, and he spoke very well. And he said, "You could only own as much as a horse could carry." There was a guy sitting alongside me, and he had twenty horses. What's he doing right? with them? Why was he need twenty but horses? This is the thing. It was like he had twenty horses, and I said, "But he said he, he and point blank, he wasn't going to microchip them." Okay, you had a problem with authority then, or rules and regulations. There was, there was something like that. So if, if, if you're going to keep a horse in the morning, Neil, and if you're keep tying him to your front yard because you've gotten rid of your car, you're going to save... Uh, no, I, no I, I'm not, I, mean, I don't mean to be tongue-in-cheek about it, but I I'm just... I want to know, was it... They're in traffic, like, they're on the roads, and, you know, they're riding <clears> horseback, sometimes two of them up on the back of the horse. Is, the, is all yeah, that see, legal? And, and it, no, you see, if they're, if they're coming along, and if they're... If they're po- the, the problem with them is... Some of them are very, very careful on the road, right? But if you're letting guys up on the ponies that are kids, right, there is no excuse for it. They have parents. Okay. They can't go out on the main road. Okay. There was a child, unfortunately, killed a number of years ago. Again, he fell off a sulky. I think the child was only four. Was that maybe... They're, they're, you've seen the sulky racing. It wasn't where the, where the guards are actually no, chasing them in squad cars. No, I don't know. It All wasn't right. that. Okay. The guards won't chase them in it because it is... It is dangerous. Okay, and the horse then as well could bolt and whatever. But right? they're actually they're actually grazing on um, uh, housing estates, green lawn areas, aren't they? They should. Like if you don't, if you haven't enough property yourself to keep a horse, now, simple as, regardless of your um, your upbringing, your okay. um, culture, or whatever it is. If you don't have the wherewithal to look after a horse yourself, you shouldn't have one. Okay, and a dog. A cat or a budgie. Okay. I'm over time, but thanks for taking the call, Vincent. 104 to 106. Red FM. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Free Food Friday, courtesy of ourselves and Roosters, Piri Piri, Douglas and Blackpool. So this will feed 15 of you with loads of starters. Chicken wings, chicken skewers, beef skewers, chicken wraps, chicken pittas, burgers, the whole lot. All the fries, Piri salted fries, rice and the waffle fries. And then you can build your own cheesecakes if you're getting some uh, tasty food from... Uh, uh, outdoors or, you know, from businesses this weekend. Check out Piri Piri. Check out Roosters. You won't be disappointed. Douglas and Blackpool. Shoutouts for all of the lads working in the Glountown Tire Centre. To everybody, Little Island Transport and Carrick Tool, keeping the trucks moving. Everybody at Dermot Dental Practice, Evergreen Road, Turners Cross, because they're amazing. Bowdrin and Ahern Foods. Morning to you all. Bus, everybody at Bus Erin, the Capwell Bus Garage. Um, and they've been uh, doing the business there for many years. Bookstation in Douglas, Europe Park. 
Car Car Parts, Joe Crowley Oils in Inishannon, Bar One Racing on Evergreen Street, Zoo Cars in Little Island, to everybody working at the dispatch team in Roadstone and Balancholic, the ward clerks in the CUH and the medical records, Boston Scientific are, le- are listening, particularly the Compass Cleaners, Impact Ireland Metals in Glanmire listen all of the time, O'Donovan Pharmacy in Balafihan, Cork City Council out in Blarney, morning to Ken and all the lads, Area Carpets and Flooring, Starvin, um, apparently, I think it's an interesting one, all of the lads from Area Carpets and Flooring out working in Listole today. They'll be starving on the drive home. EBO Home Rescue at the Marina Commercial Park are listening. Sawitnow.com are also listening, getting ready for the, the Mallow Garden Show. Rock Dock at the Airport Business Park. Uh, morning to Michaela at Easy Living Interiors in Little Island to... Uh, everybody at Little Island, also down Little Island, uh, the dental surgery down there, to Shane and all the maintenance crew at the Imperial Hotel, to Friars Road Post Office in Turner's Cross, uh, and I'll do another bunch of shout-outs this side of midday and then pick a winner for this week's uh, Free Food Friday. Uh, with regards to um, what really can only be termed animal abuse and cruelty, we did get in touch with TVG, the Traveller Visibility Group, and invited us to come on air. Um, they instead um, decided to send a statement, and this is the statement from the Traveller Community Development Project. They say they do not condone any acts of violence, including cruelty to animals. All criminal matters should be addressed to the relevant agencies and be matters for the guardee to attend. Animal cruelty is not and never has been part of Traveller culture and identity. There is a tradition of horse ownership in the travelling community and a long history of travellers living and working alongside animals. However, cruelty towards animals is not accepted in the community, and if there are isolated incidents in the community, we would strongly recommend that these issues be referred to the relevant agencies in the same way as any other individual would be treated. TVG is concerned to hear that these incidents have been reported on numerous occasions to the Gardaí, with no action taken or follow-up inquiries. On a separate note, we are seeking land to create a grazing project that would support horse ownership and traveller culture in a safe and positive manner. And that's the statement from Traveller Community, uh, the Traveller Visibility Group itself, TVG. Let me just put part of that statement, actually, to Kelly Mellerick with my lovely horse. Kelly, good morning. Good morning, Neil. So How are you doing? Good, thank you. So just on that final part of that statement, they are seeking land to create a grazing project that would support horse ownership and traveller culture in a safe and positive manner. Would that fix the issues? Well, I've actually been part of that committee in the past. Um, so it's a, it's a long-running um, project that they've been trying to get up off the ground. Um, it involves the Department of Agriculture, the ISPCA, TVG, and I was invited to sit in with it as well. And um, as a side part of it, I was doing some education in the schools and with the with TVG themselves. Um, but unfortunately, the land just can't be sought or got. But they um, just gave a load, they gave 10 acres to the IDA there recently for 1.25 million, which will probably be sold on to Apple. Would that not have made sense? Well, with that, that is what we would, we, we would like to see in My Lovely Horse Rescue, because really, in our view, it, it has to come back down to the council. Okay, so the council, they need to look at Kilkenny, okay, because Kilkenny Council have just piloted and, and taken off and it's doing really, really well so far. Um, that they that they basically have amended their bylaws, which will include horse exclusion zones, and then they're working with projects with the horses. So, um, and MLHR have been asked to be involved in this as well. So, it's it, 
the, the Cork City Council really do are the ones that need to tackle this and get this up off the ground and work with. But they don't you know, seem to want to know, and the guards say that they don't respond to call outs because it's um, outside of their remit or it's part of the traveller culture. Um, is the tradition of horse ownership and part of traveller culture? Well, it, yes, it is. And I mean, look, you it, it, across the board for everything, you you good and bad and all. Okay, so you do have good uh, horse horsemanship between the travelling community, um, and then you do have not so good. Uh, mm. But that's across the board. You know, I was asked by a traveller even once there before, like, it, why is it always the travellers are targeted for animal abuse? It's not true. I mean, MLHR have been working behind the scenes with the Department of Agriculture on horse. private land. Yeah. You know, but do any uh, of like, the settled community own horses or ponies? Yes, they do. On yes, the, on, all over the city, is it in the suburbs? It, it is in the city as well, yeah. Okay, and where sure. do they graze them? They are fly grazing. Um, What's that, that mean? That, that much we t- so basically fly grazing is taking advantage basically of green areas, you know, council lands, um, places like that where they don't have permission. Okay, so we, don't, we can't say then that it's all back to travellers? No, I don't think we can. Okay. I mean, I, I just wanted to do a quick summary for you, um, you know, over the last few years, Neil. Like we have taken, okay, we, we've had uh, Duncan, uh, a yearling with a broken back on a green up in uh, Dublin Hill. We've had Teddy at the entrance to the Meadows Housing Estate with pneumonia. We've had baby Ian with neck damage at the entrance to the Meadows Housing Estate um, with his neck damage. Yeah. And then we've Trudy, and that's one of the articles mentioned in the email, that poor filly that was burned. Um, oh, I remember the that. called story. us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like we attended there as well. It was just off Fair Hill. We had Mikey, uh, Rathcooney Road, uh, with dog bites and mutilated. We had to put a fold down recently on Blarney Road next to Clahine Church. Uh, we had Dougal the donkey running um, up and down in Ballyvalan. <coughs> and we had Gordon Ramsay the goat <laughs> um, as well. So like we're, we're responding out to these as you know a volunteer group. Any of those we're microchip, trace any of the ownerships no. of Duncan, Teddy, Ian, Trudy, Mikey, Dougal or Gordon? No, nothing. And, you know, I mean, in just over 50% of those cases, I will say... Gurna Broher Gardaí and Mayfield Gardaí attended with us. Um, but unfortunately, there was no track or traceability. And then all the costs involved of euthanizing these animals, uh, vet care for these animals, it all fell back to our charity. Now, this is something that we do. But I also want the, the public to know, I don't know if everybody knows this. Last year, there was a successful conviction against um, a woman in, in Mayfield um, for keeping a pony tied in a green and it, the, the prosecution was held and it was uh, Sergeant Pat Lyons of Mayfield Garda Station and Josephine Falvey who took the case and she was convicted on two charges. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Was this, was she, the, is this on public record? It is, yes. Okay. It is. Was, what, what, what was the conviction? So basically, she, the, first star, the first charge stated that on the 15th of June 2020 uh, in Mayfield, she did cruelly keep a horse without caring for its medical, physical and nutritional needs, uh, namely a skewball gelding miniature pony, contrary to Section 1, Protection of Animals. Oh, I get, animals I get, I get all of that, but what was the, what was the, what was the conviction? Well, she had two. She had two. She had she had two charges, and she got she basically got fines on both of them. But she had brought. He was also not microchipped, but she had presented herself as the owner to fight to get him back. And biggest win of the whole case was that uh, the judge 
awarded the pony was not going back to her, you know. Mm-hmm. So can you, can you, can my little horse just arrive on the scene of a stray horse, for instance? No, clearly, no, no, no. Okay. No, and we, we need to make that clear to the public. Like, we are inundated, inundated. Every other day, we're getting emails and, and messages through. Uh, people are very, very frustrated. Most recently, even a bus driver contacted us about a Shetland pony on a trap um, up on Harbourview Road being um, beaten with brush handles down the road. Yes, we cannot stand in on this. We are not authorised officers of the law. It's the Gardaí, the ISPCA, the Department of Agriculture. Um, but unfortunately, what happens with, in these cases, Neil, is that these, it, all of the cases we, we, I've just called out here, yeah. they were mostly nighttime, weekends, when nobody else is available. And the Gardaí, to be absolutely fair to them, they, they could be totally stretched at that moment in time that we need, you know, they need to go out. Is it just getting worse? At the moment, we're starting to see a lot, you know. They, they, so we all know about Operation Coffin in 2013, where all the horses were seized. It's like it never happened anymore now, because they're, they're just, they're everywhere. They're all over the north side of the city. And that's stretching, not just from Hollyhill, but stretching right over as far as Mayfield and, and, and beyond, you know. But it's just, I just want to be very clear here and fair to everybody. It, the, all of these horses and ponies and abuse that you're talking about cannot be 100% traced back only to Travellers or St. Anthony's Park. No, no. That's, but, that's what, but, what Apple, but what Apple are observing, and they're very upset, the staff there. They're here and working with us. Many of them are Irish. They're from all over the world. They can't believe what they're looking out at. Yeah, well, I mean, I've, I've seen that email and I can understand. Yeah, I mean, it is one of the hot areas for sure with the surplus of animals up there between dogs and ponies and horses. Um, and again, you know, like it comes down to the council getting in and maintaining their, their, their lands, the council properties, you know. Listen, um, continued. I was going to say success for what you do, but you know, you know what I mean when I say that. Um, you, you, you work off, off, um, off, do you get funding for what you do or do you work off public subscription? We, we totally rely on um, donations from the public. Now, the Department of Agriculture did give us a grant last year at the end of the year. It was 23,000, but look, all told, all over Ireland with our three farms, we have over 500 animals in our care, so that's just a drop in the ocean. And do you, will you, um, do you just keep them then, Kelly, or do you, can you rehouse them, or what do you do yeah. with all of those? We do, of course, and we adopt them out. So basically, uh, the rule of thumb is, is that, again, we do home checks. They have to have the equine premises number. Um, they, they, they have to sign a contract, an adoption contract with the state. They can't be sold on. They can't breed from them because we have to stop the oversupply of horses and ponies in the country. And then they must always stay in our name. So the passport is registered in our name. And if anybody goes to change it, um, we get a red flag through from the passport agency. Um, so we, we keep track of them for the rest of their lives, basically. Okay, okay. Nice to catch up with you. I um, appreciate you taking the time. Kelly Mellerick with uh, My Lovely Horse. Uh, on today's show, we heard, or the other day, we heard from Siobhan, who lighted the original concerns of Apple employees. I hope the government will do something about this because uh, people do not deserve any kind of protection in any way anymore if they behave disrespectfully, whether on our streets, shopping centres, supermarkets, or how they treat animals. Um, there needs to be restrictions applied once the Guardi receive complaints about them, not just leaving them do whatever they want, like they own Ireland. Now, I mean, I think you're probably trying in some way, shape or form to point the finger at one particular section of society, as we have heard this morning, settled as well as the travelling community 
uh, own horses and ponies. I've reported abuse of two dogs in my area three times to the authorities. Nothing's ever done. Each time I've asked to be advised to their findings and they told me they have nothing to report back. Well done to the Apple employees. This needs to be sorted. Animal cruelty is on the up in this country. Nothing seems to be done about it. People need to start getting jail time. These stories are coming on Red FM for years. Nothing ever changes. What's it going to take for animal cruelty to finally be addressed in this country? I've seen the cruelty to the horses firsthand. The guards do not come when you call them. Gronerbroher is the only station I can speak for, though. Has Siobhan reported these to the relevant authorities? Yes. Uh, it's been going on for years, and the authorities have been aware of it for years. They just turn blind eye because they are scared of sections of society to whom the law does not seem to apply. An old neighbour had a poor bull, mis- bull mastiff that was skin and bones. They used to leave it for a week at a time with no feeding of the dogs. So we used to throw food over when they were gone, uh, but couldn't when they were there. Uh, it was called in, it was called in a number of times, but no results. Sorry, that doesn't make sense, that part of it, but that's obviously animal cruelty by an next door neighbour. Well done to Apple employees for drawing huge attention to the plight of those unfortunate dogs and ponies in the north side. So, for, so horrific. Finally, has to be looked at by the authorities. Well done to Ken O'Flynn, as far as I know, the only politician who's genuinely concerned about ongoing cruelty to animals. Why is this accepted? The same from the same people over and over. So sick of the double standards. Sulky racing should have been banned years ago. We have the second high, highest rate of in Europe for domestic animal abuse. Uh, my sister's cat got ripped to shreds by a dog in Nocknahini. Nothing was ever done about it. And just reams and reams of texts of people would sum up by saying sickening carry on. So keep those coming and I'll pick it up again on Monday. I'm going to run out of time today for things that I had planned to do. But again all is good for, for Monday morning. I did mention earlier this morning that today is, uh, wor- I don't know whether, it, you wouldn't call it World Earth Day that doesn't make sense. So it's Earth Day and uh, this day has been I was going to say celebrated since 1970 but there's not so much to celebrate 50 degree heat um, is what we can expect uh, in the future. Drought in the future. I was telling you of uh, temperatures being clocked in Italy last summer of 49 degrees and 47 degrees in Spain. Um, Turkey, Greece, Italy last summer all experiencing wildfires destroying hundreds of thousands of hectares in land. And we had last year Europe's hottest summer on record. And people are being asked to change. And today is the day when people are being given an opportunity to look at how you can change in your life. And I just did some research into it uh, yesterday. There is the Earth Day Guide where they say you can save the planet by using 24 hours of your day wisely. And they break it down into different sections of the day, six in the morning to midday, right? And they say of uh, six in the morning to midday, cut your shower time, ditch your plastic toothbrush, rethink your beauty regime. Look at all of the cleansers and toners and moisturizers and glass jars and metal tins and plastic that you have. Get rid of them, think differently. Uh, Make time for coffee, as in have coffee at home rather than buying it out. Use a reusable coffee cup. Switch up up your commute instead of hopping in the car on your own and guzzling lots of petrol. Why not run, walk or cycle instead? Or see if your buddies or colleagues fancy carpooling. So there's some of the things. Uh, Oh, one or two more. Um, Feeling peckish? Uh, If you're ready for a mid-morning snack, why not make them at home? Um, homemade goodies instead of shop-bought products all of the time. No plastic wrapping then. So that's, say, in the hours of between 6 o'clock and midday. Then they break down 1 o'clock to 5 o'clock of a day. A homemade lunch. Always tastes better. Restaurants and cafes and takeouts won't like that, but they're saying, yeah, bring your own lunch. Uh, plan the weekend. Uh, perhaps some DIY home improvements are maybe make homemade pasta. Uh, walk 
with a difference, you know, um, and get out there and enjoy nature and things like that. Uh, one or two others between three, one o'clock and seven o'clock. Treat your co-workers. Whip up a batch of cookies to share with your co-workers. Stop off for shopping. Visit a grocery store that allows you to take in your own jar. I'd love to know, actually. Are there any supermarkets or shops out there where you can bring your own jars, bring your own containers and fill it with everything you need rather than buying boxed and prepackaged items? Like, say, for instance, breakfast cereal springs to mind. Surely, be to God, you could just go in with a plastic container and just get your own. Then they talk about 8 o'clock, 6 o'clock in the evening to midnight. Uh, batch cook. It'll reduce food waste because you're using all of the ingredients in the kitchen, putting them all together, portioning it up in reusable containers and eat it throughout the week. Do a fridge inventory. Use up everything in the fridge before you start buying more stuff that you ultimately throw out. Um, Consider completing an application form to become a food waste hero. In communities, you can distribute food that otherwise would go to waste. And I would love to hear of more places in Cork where you could do just that. Uh, And also, they also talk about in every 24-hour period, look at all of your energy costs. Look at all of your plugs. Turn off all equipment. Um, But one of them, actually, I want Claire O'Connor to jump in on this because she did some research into it. The the one that jumped out at me was, be smart about, about flushing your loo. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> to save on water consumption. They're saying if you have to make a trip or two to the toilet during the night or at any time, think about whether you really need to flush each time. <laughs> Isn't that gross? It's an interesting one. You'd have to run it by your housemates anyway. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's all very well if you live alone. But I often think about the next user. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you have to be considerate for those kinds of so things. So we take all of the rest of them, but maybe not that one. Yeah. Anyway, I just wanted you to do some work for me and thank you for doing it because I hear tell that Google searches on pre-owned or pre-loved or charity or second-hand clothes is going up and up and up year in, year out. Why? Are people more environmentally aware? I think that's definitely one aspect of it. I think people are much more aware of where their goods come from. So, and I think that as well, the idea of buying locally, like whether it be food or fashion is a big thing. Now, locally is different. You know, you, you'd have a lot of Irish designers. It might be more expensive, but local to me is also hitting North Main Street and there's like four charity shops there. You go in, you get loads of stuff. You're donating to a good cause and you're reusing and recycling And are goods. people doing that? Men and women of all, finding fashion items and charity shops that they actually think are a wow. I do. I know other girls my age that do. It's especially kind of, it's almost trendy now, actually. It's a real trendy thing. Oh, hey, do you want to go shopping in the charity shops? And they're okay with the fact some, I mean, they've been dry cleaned and everything. Yeah, they're all mostly clean, very clean. Um, I know some people, though, who, as you kind of like kind of said there, you know, they wouldn't maybe feel comfortable wearing clothes that have belonged to others, but throw them in the washing machine and they're just as good. They're what I find that I like about them is that they're unique. A lot of people might be like, where did you get your coat? And it's like, oh, I got it in a charity shop okay. and they just know I'm never going to be able to buy that where or find another at, one. Yeah, where yeah, because the one off, it is yeah, unique. Exactly. Where are we at then with fast fashion? Um, huge amounts going to landfill mm-hmm. in, in third world countries a lot of the time. Yeah, so with fast fashion one company that comes to mind is Sheen it's a really really popular brand at the moment amongst young people Um, and what fast fashion is I suppose is inexpensive clothing produced rapidly by mass market retailers in response to the latest trends Mm. so your most famous person is on the front of a magazine or on their social media wearing some kind of dress this company will have it apparently they churn out 
10,000 new products a day. So that's a brand new designed top or a brand new designed skirt. And they have these timed markdowns on their website. So it's like six hours to the next drop. And it's just that feeling of, I need to buy it. I can't wear something else twice. Gotta I have can't the new wear thing. something else twice. Yeah, that's Is that a really philosophy in people's mind? Totally, yeah. And you'd even see celebrities getting slated for like, oh, she wore that dress on the red yeah, carpet. Yeah, but real people who, re- real, who, mm-hmm. who live real lives, celebrities don't. Mm-hmm. Right? They live closeted True. lives, right? So real people, you're telling me, wouldn't wear something twice. I wouldn't believe in that and I know a lot of people who wouldn't but I do feel like it's that pressure especially for younger They'd be called girls. out on a young girl would yeah. be a young guy Yeah they very well could be yeah especially if it's within the same group of people wore it to a party last week wearing it, wearing it to a party this week you know they could just be like or people would you know what Neil it's more often than not the pressure you put on yourself thinking that other people would notice you okay. know so where are where, I wish I had more time I could talk all day <laughs> on this but where where are the because a lot of this fast fashion yeah. that gets recycled it gets mm-hmm. sold on again then and sometimes it turned into rags mm-hmm. but sometimes it's just not sold at all and it ends up in huge big clothes graveyards mm-hmm. in South America and Indian places doesn't it yeah that's a huge thing that sheen that, that it often is just too much hassle to to put returned clothes back into circulation so they just dump them and like the the EU are, are doing a real crackdown on fast fashion and they are hoping that by 2030 textiles sold in the EU in the EU will be made as much as possible from more recycled fibers and that there'll be more of a cut down on the microplastics because polyester at the moment is really the main um, type of material that's being used in clothes as opposed to what cotton would have been like okay, traditionally so, and I know okay you know. and uh, again just flipping ahead there Mm. Where where can people buy on Lisa? Do you only work yeah. on that as to oh, yeah. where are the shops and what are they selling? So I love the charity shop on Castle Street, the Irish Cancer Society shop. And then you're just around the corner from North Main Street. There's four charity shops there with loads of clothes. Um, they're in every town. You get loads in Middleton. They're out in Carrigtool. They're out in Douglas, in West Cork. They're everywhere. Saw one recently where they'd put aside a fairly substantial warehouse section of the Marina Market yes. where they were doing retro. Mm-hmm. Retro would be second-hand clothes that might, 60s stuff maybe. I'd yeah. see even 70s style is coming back in some. Yeah, so like they're more kind of on an upper scale. So like charity shops are like the cheapest ones. And then the kind of pricier ones, you'd have these kind of vintage fairs. Or, okay, you know, the, vintage shops. Yeah, exactly. Do they exist? Yes. Um, so you have um, Nine Crows is a really popular one that's actually coming Leaside. It's going to be on French Church Street really soon. So they'd be more reworked clothing. So an example of that might be an old pair of men's Levi's and they're cut up and the waist is brought in to make a nice new pair of shorts. Do you know what I mean? So they're kind of reworked and you have these kilo sales which are one-off events. You go in, you grab all your clothes and you actually pay per kilo. So it might be 20, 25 euro per kilo. Does that exist in Cork? Yeah, they they do. They pop up. There's been around, there's been a few. There's been one at the Marina Market before. Yeah, you always see them popping up and they're brilliant. And they're really good fun. There's good vibe. There might be a DJ playing. So it's a bit of a, a party life. And it makes you a more exclusive person as well, mm-hmm. doesn't it? Because you're wearing clothing that nobody else can get because they didn't come off the same rack in the same shop with the same label on Yeah, it. totally. So there's a different tag on it. Like an online Depop is a really good app where you can sign up and you take pictures of your own clothes or yourself in your clothes and people just buy them off you, you post it out to them and you buy things off them 
Is there any one central hub then that people who might want to do a bit of retro shopping or buy second-hand clothing mm-hmm. or pre-owned can go to to see everywhere? I think Depop is a really good one because um, Miss Daisy Blue Vintage, who's a really popular one uh, in Cork, Breda, she's quite well known, say she has her shop in town, but she would also have her items on Depop, which is this app. So, you know, you can also kind of do that convenience of, of swiping through online or swiping through an app and getting it posted to your door, but you're still getting it from Cork or locally or it's recycled or it's been pre-used or it's second And do you think the increase in Google searches for what we've just been chatting about on mm. Earth Day is because people are just price conscious or they're environment and climate conscious? I think it can be a little bit of both. I Because pennies would be cheaper than anyone. So exactly. the, it can't be price guy. If you're price conscious, you go to pennies. No, and you can find vintage things that are expensive. Like you can, you, like Dior or Gucci or Dolce & Gabbana, like really high street, like high quality brands, old stuff that can be very expensive, you know. So you uh, just that's designer of, gear. Yeah. Exactly. You know, yeah. but it's still kind of vintage. So, you you know, you just tailor to suit yourself. You know, you swap with friends, you, you repair a, a hole in your shirt, you know, or Nobody repairs anything anymore. We used to put patches in the arms of jackets and trousers and all sorts of things. Mm -hmm. Darn socks. I'm a great man to sew. Does anybody sew anymore? Can you sew? I do. If there's like a small thing or stitch out or whatever, I would. People throw their shoes out when I polish my shoes. Yeah, exactly. It's small things like that that you can do at home. Like if you just start even from those very small things, you're making a big difference. Yeah. Although I'm called a hoarder at home. Oh, for clothes. Oh, absolutely. Oh, go on. Yeah. I would keep things for... My, my daughter's going around wearing a, a, a sweatshirt, a sweat top that I bought in Canada in um, 1986. Well, that's vintage now, right, Neil? <laughs> Perfectly good. Yeah, and you're doing your part. There's nothing you wrong with it. And she loves it. it. It's one just of a kind. perfectly good. <laughs> but now we live in a world where you wear it once and throw it away. Mm, mm. Sadly. Have a great weekend, Claire. Thanks, Thanks for jumping you. in. Text 0868104106. Back after the break. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818104106. Cork's Red FM. I wanted to tell you the story of Joe Long, or at least Joe Long wanted to tell his story. It's a fantastic story. He lived and was reared on Patrick Street over the chateau. Um, and uh, can name every single shop on both sides of Patrick Street, over 90 of them. Uh, he actually sent me the list of them. Uh, it's a great story to tell about living in the city, but it's going to be Monday for that now. Uh, we have uh, 500 euro to give away, courtesy of ourselves, and the yard at the castle in Glanmire. So great get-together for you. Hope that I pick a winner on that today, but I'm still reading out super texts on it. If I were to win, I'd give it immediately to my daughter, Rebecca, who's waiting patiently for her baby on June 1st. Her college friends will arrive from France on the 7th of May, as well as her cousins from London and Dublin, to celebrate their future Baba. So they would have a great, great party. My beautiful daughter missed out two birthdays, 16th and 17th turns 18 in March so we'll have a get together because everything else has been cancelled including my 80th love to win the prize for a family and friends get together and a lovely catch up says Leah in Balanced Spittle I'm getting married in July the wedding's been put off two years and since then family and friends can't make it this time round the castle would be a perfect opportunity for a little gathering says Katie and Carrie Pike another one I'm the best man for my friend's wedding in July they're having their day two in the castle this would be handy to take a dent off their bill. My daughter's getting married in October. She has a boy who's four and a girl who's one and a half. She's living with us and she's trying to get planning permission to build her own house. She's saving and saving. This would be a great treat for her and her bridesmaids. Um, one more here. Uh, another couple of 500 of my friend Ellen. It's her birthday at the beginning of April, but she uh, she's only saying to me the other weekend that she's thinking of going to Glanmire to the castle so she would spend it the castle of Glanmire for a joint party for my little girls communion in May and my little boys christening 
my partner's cousin's double celebration 40th, so we'd have a 40th, says Liz and Farron Ree. As a future pensioner on the 13th of May, I'd love to win the prize and have my family and friends to celebrate my coming of age as a pensioner, says Anne. Uh, I'd love to win. We live in Mayfield and close to Glanmire. You might remember my husband and I got married. Uh, yeah, oh, sorry, that's I did that already. So these, some of these are coming in twice. Apologies. Uh, many people, of course, were due to get married and had postponement after postponement after postponement. Um, but that, uh, my sister and family coming home from Canada in May for a few weeks to visit. We haven't seen her in four years. She hasn't even met my two-year-old daughter. So it would be a great, that would be a great opportunity to get together. Valerie Lynch sent in a text about her sister Mary and her husband Paul. They had a baby boy. They're over from Australia and they're coming home and there's a marriage as well in Kinsale in August. So it would be a great get-together for everybody in the family. So all of those and reams more besides. One or two more. Uh, my partner Caroline and our daughter Ellie and our group of friends because after a car accident... Um, they helped me out with regards to everything, including school runs, trips to the Rainbow Club, uh, food shopping, making us dinners. They're the best bunch of friends, says Jen. I would love to celebrate with them at the castle in Glanmire. So all of those, that's exactly what we're talking about. Uh, I don't have any more time now to take in any more texts on that. What I need to do is read out another few, then get an opportunity for you to, uh, to actually pick a winner and some will win a 500 euro voucher courtesy of the yard at the castle in Glanmire. That's food and drinks, whatever you want. Just a quick one here because I, I, um, oh, I, I'll have to come back to that one, I think, on, on Monday at this stage. I can come back to fast fashion again and stuff like that on Monday morning. No problem there. Back after the break. The Neil Prendeville Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 0818 104 Okay. Free Food Friday, last bunch of shout-outs then for food. It'll feed 15 of you, perhaps more. The Millennium Hair Clinic in Blackpool are listening. Morning to Valerie, to everybody at Sodexo, Sodexo Irvine Oil in Whitegate. Would love some Free Food Friday. Listen every day. Murphy and O'Sullivan site in Chanakiel, up by the Grotto. They're working away. The, wet well, the Weight Well Being Clinic in Mallow would love lunch. Share among clients and friends. Cork Distribution, Little Island, Whitegate Oil Refinery, South of Ireland Petroleum and Clonakilty. O'Leary's, Lissard and Volkswagen are listening. Irwin's Late Night Pharmacy are also listening this morning. So is everybody. Kevin Condon, Financial Brokers in Blackpool. Northside Tires. Uh, DHL at uh, Blarney Business Park. O'Connor at the Connor O'Shea's Cardiology Rooms on the Lee Road. Boston Scientific. Glen Heights Pharmacy. Pro Valley in Mahan. AP Vaughan Recycling and Tire. Uh, Oliver Hayes Gardening Services in Bandon. Audi, Band, Audi on the Bandon Road. Morning to uh, everybody there, including Shane. Uh, P, PCG, all of the staff there. The Alzheimer's Society in Blackrock. Stanta in Blackrock. Uh, what have I got here? Avoncourt Packaging in Ballycoreen. Morning to Sam, Tasha and Magda. Dairy Gold held off head office in the Clonmel Road. Uh, Republic of Works on the South Mall. Irish Oxygen, Afdea, Afidea Diagnostics, T-Motherway Agri and Plant Services and Prompto Dispatch. I won't have time to read out any more this week, but that's your Free Food Friday shout-outs for this week. We'll pick a winner in a few minutes' time and then you'll be well-fed courtesy of ourselves and Roosters Piri Piri. Douglas and Blackpool. Check it out this weekend. Back to a conversation earlier on about hotel cancellations, etc., uh, etc. Et One of them had to do with a story out of Yall, where a wedding was cancelled um, in Red Barn. Prompted to call from Michael Brett, the GM of the Walter Raleigh Hotel. Michael, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? And a super duper hotel it is. It was in there recently for lunch. You're getting calls, are you, this morning? Yeah, we're getting a lot of phone calls this morning off, um, off, off wedding couples, obviously, and families who have booked communities and confirmations, and just basically any bookings that we have for the summer. Obviously, there's, um, there's talk going around that hotels in Yall are 
are closing down for the summer, but that's not us. So I was just looking to clarify that fact. Okay, well, we do know of two that have, and one is the Quality Hotel in Red Barn, and the other is the Old Imperial. You're the only, are you the only remaining hotel then? Yes, that's right. And you're not yeah. closing, and, you're, and people no. are panicking, thinking when I was talking about hotels, it was yours. Yeah, of course. And look, it's only natural for, um, for people to be curious. And, you know, we have a lot of weddings booked in here for the summer, but um, as a stand, obviously we're still going ahead. We've just finished another major refurbishment in here, so we're open for business, and we're going to continue that way. Okay. And you have been getting calls from people this morning worried that yeah. you were... You, were, you either were closed or you were contemplating switching to refugees. That isn't the case. No, absolutely not. No, and I, I can understand why people would be, um, would be anxious, you know. But look, I said we're, we're, we're open for the summer and um, we're, you know, we're, we're there for the public. Okay. Do you have any comment at all on the impact that it might actually have on y'all across the summer if there were no beds or rooms available? Um, honestly, I, 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 we have no idea what kind of an impact it's going to have at the moment. I just know from the phone calls that we're getting for the last two days, it's going to be extremely busy. Okay, you don't think and it would impact on the likes of, say, Iron Man or what have you? Yeah, of course. I mean, from what I gather, there's no accommodation for within a 70-mile radius for Iron Man at the moment. Okay. You okay. know, so I just think going forward, it's going to be... Um, People are going to think twice about coming to you all, maybe. You okay. know, with limited accommodation now at the moment. Okay. But you do what you do. You're open. All bookings are being honoured. Nothing's going to be cancelled. Nothing has changed. Like you said, we finished, we've just finished another major refurbishment and we're ready to go. Okay, good stuff. Thanks for coming on air. Happy to be uh, in a position to clarify for people. Nothing changes at the Walter Raleigh if you have a booking. Thank you to Michael Brett, the, uh, the GM at the Walter Raleigh Hotel. Okay, for all of the business, text 0868104106. So pick the Free Food Friday winner in a minute. The 500 euro tab towards an evening out with you and many, many of your friends. I was asking people to suggest stories uh, are reasons as to why they deserve to win the 500 euro tab and many many people did now you can put it to food and drink you can have uh, some wonderful bar food I was telling people you can have an, an event or a celebration or watch a match or have cocktails bottle of wine a few beers and some food came across an incredible story actually that was sent to me by Olivia Sweetman but rather than me uh, read it out I've asked her just to share the story themselves, herself because I think it's an incredible I mean it's actually you know when I say it's life saving it actually is Olivia good morning Morning, hi Neil, how are you? Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Balnadee in near Bandon. Okay, you're down Bandon Way. And tell me the story yeah. behind this, the kindness of a stranger. So basically, um, on the 26th of March, my brother, he's from Carlo and he's travelling down to the Cork Kilkenny match to go with my husband to see the match. My brother would be a huge Kilkenny supporter. And um, he travelled down and they were heading to the match um in Parky Creeve. Walking, and driving, walking. Okay. So basically, they had parked up their car uh, near Boromenham Road and were walking down Crab Lane when PJ, my brother, suddenly um, collapsed and fell to the ground. Uh, my husband was with him, so he called 999. And then um, there was two men walking by, and one of them, Greg, stopped and he uh, started to perform CPR on my brother. Um, until the emergency services arrived, which was about nine minutes later. So um, it was those actions that actually saved my brother's life that night. Um, everybody at the CUH have been fantastic with him. He's actually still in hospital, um, but um, he hopefully will be discharged now soon. So they all um, had said that it was the quick actions, how quickly the CPR was performed, 
and that, you know, it, w- it was kept going up until they could get a defibrillator to him. Heart attack, was it? So, it was cardiac arrest, yes. So he suffered multiple um, cardiac arrests that evening and very lucky. Very lucky. They have told you. Yeah, paramedics have told you and the ED department at CIHM that if that CPR had not been performed on your brother, he would have died. Yeah, he's a very, very lucky man. It was how quick and that CPR was performed um, to him. And um, he's, he's, he's doing very well. Yeah. And we know of one of those men, a man by the name of Greg, is it? Yes, that's correct, okay. yes. But you said yes. there was two gentlemen came along to his It was him and his partner were there, so it was Greg that performed the CPR. And have you managed to talk to Greg or thank Greg? Greg yes, had a conversation? I, yes, I got to meet Greg during the week, so I did. He's an uh, absolute gent of a man. He is so lovely. Um, very humble, um, really, really good, but we're just so grateful that he was there and he was able to perform the CPR as well and, and that he stopped. Yeah, yeah. He stopped to do it. Well, well, people would stop, all right, I'd say, you know, but they might not know what to do. Yes, exactly. Or like, yeah, for instance, yeah. uh, me amongst them, I'd, I'd give it a go, but I probably wouldn't do it properly, you know, because I'm not trained yeah. in CPR. Yeah, he, he told us that he did a course about 12 years ago. Never thought he'd have to use it, but it came in handy one day. Absolutely. So, us, we, we were so lucky it came in handy the day we needed it. Okay, yeah. well, and your brother's name? Uh, his PJ. And will he make a full recovery? I mean, will he be much longer in hospital? Uh, oh, he was hoping to be out today, um, but it'll be just another few days now he will be out. He had a triple bypass last week. God, and did he, did he, was he walking around not knowing? I mean, was he, did he have any kind yeah. of war? Yeah, he, 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 he wasn't aware. Yeah, Was not yeah. aware. Isn't that no. amazing? Oh, my God. That's an incredible story. So what would you like to do? I would love, because I feel that Greg has actually given us a second chance to, you know, create new memories with our brother. I would love for him to go out with his nearest and dearest and have a great night of celebration for everything he has done for us. Would you not go with him? Well, if he invites me, maybe we will. <laughs> but, yeah. Where does he live, do you know, this Greg? Um, he lives in Glenmire. <laughs> For God's sake, are you joking me? Should the castle no. hotel, the castle, the yeah. yard at the castle bar and restaurants in Glenmire? Yeah, it is. And actually, he what prompted me to actually enter was when I was talking to him the other night, I'm sure he mentioned the castle to me. And then I went, hold on, there's a competition on the Neil Pendleton show. I'm going to enter him there. I have to tell you, I got hundreds and hundreds of texts and every one of them are in their own exclusive world entitled and should win a prize. But your one jumped off the page to me. It really did the story. I couldn't yeah. think of anything better than your brother and you, Olivia, and some of your close family members joining Greg and his family and friends for this, you know, this prize at the castle. I think that would be fantastic when your brother yeah. is, you know, when your brother is fit enough and able enough to go. Yeah, no, we, we so appreciate it. And once again, Greg's kindness, quick actions that day. His, his amazing, his our hero. What's his surname? Oh, will I give it? I'm not sure. Oh, you know, when I, he, he wouldn't know. Look, no, look. don't. That's fine. Let's yeah. let's let's work on this at the weekend. And if he's not up for it, I'll redraw it on Monday. All right. Perfect. <laughs> no, that's that's absolutely perfect. But I think that he will be up for it. <laughs> <laughs>
I think it's a great. Oh, I think it's a great yeah. story. Thanks for sharing. Uh, if Greg is Thank on board you. and uh, your brother PJ makes gets out fast, you know, soon enough, um, we can organise that big night for you or that day or whatever the case may be, and there'll be five hundred euro there for you to spend on whatever you wish. Okay, that's brilliant. Thanks, Neil. Thanks we for really getting in touch. It. Regards to everybody in Bandon. Chat with Greg over the weekend. See if it's, a, if it's a runner and we can make that happen. Or maybe even Greg might be in a position to have a chat with me next week. I'll leave that with you in, in your capable hands, Olivia, all right? Perfect, Neil. Thanks a million. Take really care. appreciate it. Thank Not you. At all. Thank and you. best of luck to PJ coming out soon and indeed to Greg for saving his life. So I'll revisit that story again on Monday morning. Thank you. Thank you so much. We've got the Free Food Friday winners here and let's see what it is. <laughs> ah, this is gas. I mean, week in, week out, for weeks and weeks, Billy M from SOS Recovery has been waxing lyric, lyrical with me on a weekly basis. <laughs> And he's only gone and won. Well done. Uh, Free Food Friday for everybody at SOS Recovery. 14 of them drooling here. It's like feeding time in the dog pound. Here's my latest effort. Free Food Friday is back again. You can only win by texting in. Chicken hot and chips so fluffy. Given to you by Cork's Joe Duffy. Well, Billy, I tell you what, pal, perseverance has paid off. I don't know how long it's taken, but well done. Free Food Friday for you, for 15 of you, um, whomever that may be at SOS Recovery or people that are around you. Just have a good feed and enjoy it. Courtesy of ourselves and Rooster, Piri Piri, uh, Douglas and Blackpool. We'll do Free Food Friday again this day week. Neil Prendeville, the voice of Cork. Weekdays 9 to 12, Cork's Red FM.